0: Everyone, welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And just a reminder, the reminder we always give, but boy, we're deep in the thick of it now. Is there's a chance that we could talk about things that actually come up in future episodes of the show. So if you haven't seen the whole show and you're reversed to spoilers, just beware. I'm Melissa. And I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today?
1: I am good today. We have another holiday-themed episode. And by holiday-themed, I mean we saw some decorations and the mention of Christmas. Yeah. Um, So, you know, uh, the last one became a little little tense. Let's see. Let's see what happens in this one.
0: Yeah, you raise a good point there. I think, you know, just because the nature of this show with it being a show about people in college and, you know, very often people are going away from school for college, going back to either home or someplace they want to be for the holidays. So um, we, we generally don't get like a true holidays episode we get Thanksgiving episodes and they just kind of do this when it gets to the end of the semester um but this this episode is season two episode nine this one's called Portraits it originally aired December 19th 1999 was written by Jed Seidel and directed by Lawrence Trilling a name we've seen many times Here's the episode description. Felicity is having weird dreams about Noel that make her realize she wants him back, but she also doesn't want to jeopardize his budding relationship with Ruby. Meanwhile, Julie gets an offer for a demo deal from a record label executive who Sean believes just wants to get her into bed. And Ben agonizes over his English literature final Eh, American literature.
1: Um, (laughs) That's okay. Also, Julie didn't get the demo deal. That he's only thinking about giving her a demo deal
0: well sometimes the people who write the descriptions don't watch the episode okay fish all right is that all right with you
1: yeah we have established this yeah
0: (laughs) it's not the biggest grievance we've had with an episode description but at least they mention most of the people in it which is (laughs) um so where do you want to start fish i feel like we're it's not quite a totally clean slate from where we were it's not like exactly starting from scratch but in some ways it feels like it is
1: yeah and i feel like the you know it's continuing to be kind of this two like two camps of the show Mm -hmm. you've got felicity noel elena And then you've got Sean, Julie, Ben, and they're not really interacting, which Mm. is, I don't know. It's it's a little weird.
0: Yeah, but it is like that now.
1: It feels weird, but I guess we can follow one of those two. Um, I think the main one was supposed to be Felicity and Noel, but I think I actually enjoyed the Sean, Julie, and Ben stuff more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm happy to go with either one
0: all right well let's start let's start with the loft crew shall we all right yeah um and, and you're right. I think that the Felicity Knoll stuff was really the main stuff. But there are some threads that we can pull here for the, the people from the loft. And I'm just kind of looking, scanning through my notes to see the very first time we actually see any of those characters, which is probably yeah. when Sean it's is on the funny. phone.
1: Yes. So Sean, they're in the loft and it's just Sean and Julie. Mm-hmm. And they scan across the loft. And you see all the decorations uh, in those kind of amazing shelves in the background. And I just noticed there's this big Hanukkah right there. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out who's who's Jewish.
0: So at this point in the story, they're not really talking about that. But I will say, and this this is a spoiler, um, you know, we're going to get more in season one Sean had like almost no plot line of his own and he you know added sort of local color to the loft and he had a dynamic going with Ben and we're getting a little bit more from him this year but we're going to get increasingly more as each season goes on and one of the storylines that Sean is going to get later is um really like embracing judaism i don't know that it's converting to judaism but i think he's like uh taking it seriously for the first time
1: okay so maybe he just had that around because like he is jewish and like someone who maybe doesn't go to church still has a christmas tree that kind of thing
0: yeah, probably something like that. They're certainly not developing that aspect of him here, but I know you were wondering who in Aloft is Jewish. And if I'm going to pick any of them, I'm going to say it's Sean, okay. even though he's not really practicing his religion.
1: Got it. All right. Well, he is, as you said, on the phone with a potential distributor for smoothies. Somebody tasted it and like freaked out at maggie's party
0: something good maybe came maybe from maggie's party um yeah it's it's a guy that he's marked as a possible investor who's thinking about distributing smoothies to restaurant chains sounds sounds pretty serious sounds Mm -hmm. like a real business discussion on the table here um he's pumped you know when we open up on sean he is excited
1: he is excited and Julie is very supportive and she says that's so great. And it reminds her, you know, hey, I'm gonna buy you a drink, come down to Epstein Bar, I'm playing there. You know, I'm excited. There might be some music people, like both of them have opportunities.
0: Yeah, they're really thinking about career paths or they're thinking about I don't know. I don't know what this is for Julia. She's serious about her music. And so she's working to get, uh, you know, record labels to, to hear her sing. And it's open mic night Epstein bar. And she's really trying to get people to this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, we haven't seen all the times that she's been to open mics at Epstein bar. But if we, even if we just take the fact that she had at one point, a giant, a, a poster, a giant poster in a room <laughs> from Epstein bar that showed she was headlining at open mic night. Um, you know, they take her seriously around there. They appreciate having her do sets and yeah. So this is the next step.
1: You know, who's not worried about his, uh, his career prospects. I'm going to say Ben. Yeah, Ben. Ben is is kind of single-minded in this moment and this episode. Mm -hmm. He really only has one purpose in the entire episode.
0: Which is fair. Somebody has to do schoolwork. Somebody in this whole cast has to do schoolwork. Thank goodness we started getting a few of these people back into a classroom. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You would think that they never had classes or any work to do. Um, but uh, yeah, Ben does, and it's really catching up with him because he probably wasn't doing the work that whole time. he was with Maggie,
1: nope, nope.
0: So yeah, his American Sorry. Lit final being due in a couple of days is really sneaking up on him here.
1: Yeah, and um, you know he's he's got his his purpose in the in the story. So mm-hmm. I've got to do this paper. Mm-hmm. Then he has his purpose kind of as the actor in the episode which is really just to know what a funny moment is and to have some great physicality around it. Uh, His timing and everything is wonderful. So he just, you know, in the middle of their discussion, you know, Ben walks into the loft, just straight past Sean and Julie, like not interested in looking at them or talking to them and just slams his door. Just I, I described
0: this as Ben blows in angrily. Yes. <laughs> he he does. really does. Scott Speedman has, he's a really good comedic actor. He has great really? comedic timing. <laughs> and what I find especially funny about it is that there are many, many reports of how he just whispered all the time. And people who were in scenes with him were like, what is he saying? And so to see the contrast, because he certainly does that a lot in scenes that we can see as, as the viewer, but then to see it contrasted with these moments of, like, sort of explosive physicality, that's just, I don't know, it's just funny.
1: Yes, he he's just, I don't I can't explain it, but when he gets into funny mode, it's just everything about him from the way he walks to, you know, his timing with he then comes out of the room and he's like, "I have this paper due, so that's why I slammed the door." And it's why I'm going to slam the door again. And he turns around and he walks away. <laughs> he slams the door again. Like, and
0: Sean and Julie are just sitting there <laughs> on the couch and they're like, uh, "Okay, all right." Yeah, yeah, yeah that happened.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: They're they're just there to they understand that that you know I I thought it was a moment of great maturity on all parts. You know, Ben needed to blow off some steam. He acknowledged that it might be be rude to his roommates. He came out right away. He apologized to them. They received it. They understood. I need to hold space for Ben here. <laughs> ben said, I'm doing it again. Hold space one more time. <laughs> and he blows back into his room again, slam on the door. And everybody, there was good communication
1: here. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, as you said last time, they're really settling in to their sort of roommate roles and and understanding each other and becoming sort of a mini family. And this is just what you do for family. You allow them to slam doors.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think we've pretty well set up now, even in this one little bit, what the point is for all of them in this episode. Sean working on the Smooth A's investor, Julie trying to get a record label to listen to her at Epstein bar and Ben (laughs) Somehow needs to accomplish this American Life final. Do in a couple of days.
1: Yeah, yep. That's yeah. that's pretty much it. Um, but it's worth the ride.
0: Sure is, sure <laughs> is, and it's gonna be a little while before we catch up with them again. But I believe the next time we do is at Julie's open mic.
1: It is.
0: Yeah, and... she's
1: on stage singing. Gorgeous voice, that '90s style. You know, she's got some Sarah McLachlan lilt to her voice, but she's also kind of her own. And, uh, and it's unsurprising, I think, that uh, someone from a Pop Records would be interested.
0: Yeah, A&R Pop Rocks Records. Well, Pop rocks. Um, and, and just a little footnote here. Julie is singing, once again, the song that she sang in one of the episodes with Carol. Uh, yes. probably a song she wrote about Carol. Um, yes, the
1: pieces of me song or like the last lyric was something about,
0: I deserve a little bit of this life. I yes. deserve a little bit of you. That's I feel it. like the first time she's saying that, because if you remember the first time she's saying that was also at Epstein bar, Carol was watching, but Julie mm-hmm. didn't know it. And that, you know, and she was right in the thick of Carol, the, uh, Carol, Um, just dumping all this information on her, just one after another, rocking her world. And um, Julie in that episode really saying this, I felt there was more, more sadness to it. And in this episode, I think that she had a little bit more of a confidence about it. So it was kind of fun for me to see sort of the difference in delivery. Based on where she's at in life.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. There was more vulnerability to her voice. It was kind of cracking more the first time around. And it sounds like she's yes, processed, but probably also sung it a number of times since then.
0: That's true as well. She's probably, uh, you know, it was a new song at that point. It was very raw, very emotional at that point. And here I think she's got a better command of it and you know sean's there to support her so we do see that he did go to epstein bar and he's you know she finishes her set and he's wildly enthusiastic about it and he wants to get up to to greet her but first before he before he gets there eric Kidd introduces himself and he's the head like you said of that recording label and he's he thought it was a good a good song and he's kind of interested in hearing a recording has she done any recordings of it
1: yeah um, and she hasn't really, she, uh, she just kind of made some tapes and, and there were some background noises of dogs barking, but hey, he's, he's still interested. And I just want to say here, you know, I feel like I haven't given a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. Lately. So this is going to be an award filled episode. Wow. I don't know why I was inspired. I just was. So this award doesn't actually go to the actor, but I'm going to name it after the actor. Oh. Um, so, the person playing Eric Kidd, mm-hmm. who everyone should recognize, is Adam Rodriguez. Um, and obviously, Felicity was the first thing I saw him in without really knowing it was him. And then, you know, I watched Criminal Minds and really got into him. And I mean, his. He's done so many things i mean beyond the obvious of magic mike and magic mike xxl which let's just admit we all know him from there and csi miami uh jane the virgin empire ugly, ugly betty roswell i mean this guy is all over the place and so i'm naming the adam rodriguez award because I will watch shows or I will watch movies and I will see these actors in it. And I will think to myself, you know who'd do this better? Adam Rodriguez. Hmm. So I've had this thought quite often <laughs> And so this is, this is what this award is for. Uh, either one of us, anyone in, in the world, really can give this award now it's you know when you think over time you're just like you know you know who do this better and you're just always thinking of the same person that is now the adam rodriguez award
0: okay um so the challenge for me with that award is that i don't remember seeing him in anything else um so you I'm just have not
1: seen roswell
0: I did, and I don't remember him from that. He, he has, <laughs> I guess I wiped my mind of Roswell yeah. shortly after I, watching it, which is appropriate. I've seen
1: all of you. I've <laughs> seen quite a bit that he's been on. I, ha- I haven't really watched CSI Miami. I don't really watch the CSI stuff, but he is fantastic in Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic in Jane the Virgin. He's fantastic in Empire. He's fantastic in Ugly Betty. He's fantastic in both Magic Mike movies. Um, so I think what I'm hearing is you're going to have to watch some more stuff with him in it. Yeah, but it
0: it looks like a lot of stuff he's in, a lot of the stuff you named, uh, let's see, isn't the type of show that I watch, which is why I haven't seen him in very much. Yeah, Uh, that's
1: kind of fair. I mean, Criminal Minds is definitely a kind of messed up um it's not a procedural it's I feel a, like I've
0: seen a few epi- episodes of it but not like it does feel seem like a show that does feel more procedural to me and I don't feel that, like I've ever gotten so committed to it that I wanted to stick around for a whole season of
1: it um no. and Jane the Virgin and Ugly Betty are both comedies yeah which you don't watch but yeah. maybe Empire you might like Empire hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I might very well have an Adam Rodriguez esque award with some other actor. That's um, <laughs> right.
1: It doesn't have to be the same actor. Yeah. It could be whoever. Uh, you I think
0: honestly that. think that maybe my version of Adam Rodriguez is what is his name? Dash Mihok or something like that. The guy who played Lynn that yeah. turns up in everything
1: <laughs> well no but the award isn't that he turns up in everything it's you see you see something and i don't want to name things because then i'm i'm thinking i'm gonna offend like other actors Oh yeah, but like sure i'll be watching listening. yeah yeah i'm sure you're right um okay so for example <laughs> one for the money is uh, a movie with katherine heigl in it and it's based on the series by Janet Ivanovich.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And there's this sort of um, expert bounty hunter character in it. Uh-huh. And I just really wanted Adam Rodriguez to play that role. Okay. Like He he would have been, like, I feel like he would have been perfect in it. Um, and this is what I think. Like, I, I see these other roles, and I'm just like,
0: He, he could better. have up-leveled them.
1: Completely.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. Well, here he is in Felicity, you know? Yes. Uh, we're going to get a little little bit of time with him. And um, so here, you know, the next scene that we see is a continuation of what's been happening at Epstein Bar. Sean finally has caught up with Julie. Eric's still talking to her. He's He's thinking maybe we do a demo deal. Have you ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. And now that Sean's listening, you know, he's kind of... <laughs> you know, it's just another guy coming up to Julie, man. Gosh. Um, (laughs) You know, Sean greets her, says, oh, you were amazing. But he's given Eric the (laughs) one-so.
1: Well, I mean, he's acting like the boyfriend. He Uh comes up, he says, great job. He hugs Julie. He's like, hey, man, you know, what's up? Shakes his hand. I mean, everything about the way he approaches both of them says boyfriend and Julie, you know, not recognizing that Sean is male doesn't understand that. Yeah. And so kind of plays into it, I think by accident.
0: And not thinking that Eric wants anything out of this, but talking about a record deal, Um, you know, so I think she's missing a whole bunch of layers of what's going on here, possibly. And uh sean's not sean's like immediately suspicious of eric and um you know and that will become a conversation that they have where he's like be careful around that guy seemed like he just kind of wanted to he was interested in more than your music julie's like what now come on man (laughs) she gets angry
1: as i feel like she kind of should but (laughs) i don't know what happens to this character so maybe not Um but during the scene I said, Oh Sean, don't put your foot in your mouth and he didn't and then he did later.
0: Yeah, he did very shortly after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that confused me a lot because again we get a nice close up view of the Hanukkiya and then we see Sean just like putting a ton of bacon on a piece of toast.
0: He's not a practicing (laughs) Jew. You know, he's like, I don't know. I, I, it's not, his faith is not uh, a thing in his
1: life.
0: Yeah. It's, um,
1: uh,
0: who knows what's in smoothies.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Everything in his apartment is in smoothies, which now includes bacon and toast.
0: Yeah. It's all made of smoothies. Probably the chairs, tables, everything. Um,
1: yeah structural integrity
0: yeah you never know um so uh, sh- sh- Julie and julian are i mean it's not like a full-blown fight but julie's angry yeah and she's she upset that Sean immediately goes to like, oh, it can't be my talent that he's interested in. It has to be like something more with this guy. And she she doesn't really know where this is coming from. But she's she's yelling at him a little bit. And that's when Ben comes back. Yep. Ben's panicking. (laughs) He's full on in panic mode. He needs them to shut up. They're being so loud.
1: <laughs> and he's so confused. Mm-hmm. He cannot figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. So he needs them to be quiet. Mm-hmm. To figure out how to write this paper that is just baffling to him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll learn a little bit more about soon. But for now, all we need to see is that he's, he's in his room panicking, <laughs> trying to figure out how to write this paper. And it does sort of uh, throw, you know, a nice cold water bath <laughs> onto the conversation <laughs> that Julie and Sean are having. Uh, th- this this seems to be the most important thing happening in the loft right now. <laughs> and they, they yep. respect yep. that. It's fair. Yep.
1: I just wrote nice timing. Because he yeah. did. It was perfect.
0: Yeah. He uh, definitely helps squelch that conversation. And then, uh, <laughs> you know... Next time we see any of these kooky characters, we're going to be back in the loft in the kitchen. This time it's Sean and Ben together. They're both looking over respective paperwork. Both are not in a good place (laughs) with the things that they're looking at. But Ben is somewhat aggressively highlighting.
1: Yes. And I do have an award here. Okay. I mean, I think you know what the award is for.
0: I know what the award is for, but why don't you tell all of us?
1: Um, I mean, I don't have a good way to sort of characterize the award, but the award is going to be uh, for best getting out of a chair mm. or best getting out of a chair motion. Okay. Because Ben, as he's aggressively highlighting, he just he puts down the highlighter. Well, he at least puts his hand down with the highlighter in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he like does this snake motion. Like you know, throws his neck to the side and his body follows it all the way out. I'm assuming Adam Rodriguez taught him this because okay. it's straight out of Magic Mike. Oh. Just snakes right out of that chair and chucks the highlighter across the room. Oh, yes. Is
0: Which you enjoyed so much oh. that we watched it twice. Um, yeah.
1: Which I advise everyone good. to do.
0: And I have to say, this just shows that Scott Speedman knows what comedy looks like because... Mm-hmm. If you remember from the scene where the final episode of season one, where Ben kisses Felicity, he also had a <laughs> a pretty abrupt chair scrape that happened in that episode. So he, but it felt different, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I was going to say totally that's different. Not vibe. really a, a comedy movie. It but wasn't.
0: He, so now very- we know he knows how to scrape a chair dramatically romantically Mm -hmm. but he also knows how to do it in a comedic way
1: that's right the physicality of scott speedman is to be admired in this and other episodes
0: Mm -hmm. and the just the pure just throwing chucking the highlighter as hard as he could against (laughs) the wall and then you get sean going hey roger clemens did you quit it what's up with this highlighter situation
1: and this Sean is also says, like, I understand. Like, I understand. I've been there. I've been in the throw the highlighter phase, but mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal.
0: Well, you know, because his final paper, it's impossible. He's in an impossible situation. Sean begs to differ. He's like, you no, know, you know what this impossible situation looks like? Paying for life, man. Paying for yeah. life, you know, f- figuring out how to do R&D that's hard and Ben's like yeah, yeah yeah yeah, my problem still
1: though fine <laughs> well it's expensive problem. R&D is expensive mm-hmm. and smoothies has not been moving exactly like Sean would like but he knows it's gonna hit big and mm-hmm. when it does he's gonna he's gonna sit back and he's gonna laugh at this this time in his life and Ben says I'm looking at this time in your life and I'm laughing now Mm mm-hmm yeah doesn't seem to be the you know the friendly supportive uh
0: ben's got a bit of edge to him right (laughs) now okay (laughs) and we're gonna find out why so sean realizes this guy i i don't have my sob story does not have ben's attention here so what is going on with ben so he's like ben what's what's happening here you having trouble with your paper ben's like yeah the invisible man sean's like yep okay he's like well you know I have to talk about what was, was the assignment to talk about like the oppression of African-Americans? Was that what it was?
1: Yeah, it was, it was basically race. It was talking about race in the context of the invisible man.
0: Okay.
1: Or was it invisible man? I do it, get them confused.
0: Yeah. So I think he is reading the invisible man where he was supposed to be reading invisible man, invisible, invisible man, invisible man which does have something to do with race relations, <laughs> yes. and The Invisible Man was a sci-fi book by H.G. Wells, yes. and so Ben is reading the sci-fi version, and now he's like, okay. So he describes the assignment about how what he's supposed to talk about. And he's like, well, I'm just thinking like when this guy makes himself invisible and like he feels like he can't be seen and he can't like, and and he's like, well, maybe that's what it's like for some people. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, it's a metaphor. Mm -hmm. it's it's gotta be a metaphor
0: yeah that's the only explanation here
1: sean's just chuckling just chuckling because he knows
0: sean knows from the moment ben starts speaking that they're exactly what the problem is he's he's got this figured out from the very beginning and he's just letting it happen he's just letting ben play out his concerns (laughs) and then sean's like you're an idiot
1: no, no. Ben says, I'm an idiot. And Sean says, Yeah, you are an idiot, but not for the reason you think. Mm-hmm. Uh wrong book, man.
0: Yeah. It's like ben... you're gonna want Ralph Ellison's invisible man. Yeah. No, and I no. like Ben in this moment. He's just like, There's another invisible man.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, two books. With the same name, mind blown emoji.
0: It's like that's stupid, and Sean's like, "Nope, it's a <laughs> metaphor." Yeah, I <laughs> basically quoted the whole scene to you, but that's the beauty of this scene. It was yeah. good as is, like Toferki.
1: Exactly. So,
0: gosh, I mean, now Julie comes back in, interrupting this. She's like, "The deal is real." The deal is real. It's happening. Things are happening,
1: folks. Yep. Eric Kidd gave the tape to, to his partners. They like it. They're not like 100% on board yet, but you know, everything looks good. Yeah. And I can't remember. I, I think Ben gets up at that point and mm-hmm. starts to head out and she's like, where, where are you going? And both Sean and Ben say to the bookstore to the yeah. library
0: he says. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: and then Sean is like, you know, he he apologizes. He says, you know, I was being overprotective, but then he also says and my whole smoothies deal fell apart. So, you know, he's he's apologizing and he's also admitting that, you know, her thing is real and his thing not so much.
0: Yeah. Very true. By the way, it could have been book. It could have been bookstore. Can't remember. Um, yeah, it's basically a makeup scene here. I mean, I think they're 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 team. This Julie and Sean. They have different objectives at times, but at the end of the day, they're soul support system to each other. Sean's being supportive here, and and that allows Julie to be supportive back, and you know, not defensive. And so, I mean, I, I feel like. They're mostly on the same page and Sean's able to to smooth it over pretty pretty quickly here. At the end of the day, though, I mean, he's still hiding <laughs> like, <laughs> everything about how he feels, but he knows how to smooth the situation over within that context. So yep. but he's got some stuff on his mind, too, here, because the last time he had talked to Julie about the stuff with smoothies, he was really excited about it, but he is no longer like... Julie's still excited about this possible record deal situation she's moving towards. Sean is no longer in that place of hope. You know, he found out that his possible investor didn't really have any clout, just a secretary can't make things happen. And the idea he, the thing that he thought might become a big opportunity for him, it's already fallen through.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I feel like Sean, at least that I've seen, he doesn't really get, depressed or unmotivated he he just sort of plows ahead he's Mm -hmm. like you know we're just gonna keep going we're gonna keep changing the recipe you know things are gonna work out it's gonna be fine
0: yeah yeah it's true that's that's pretty much where that lands and um I think we only see any of these characters one more time and that's with. Ben trying to finish up his paper Sean's helping him
1: yes he, he likes typing
0: yeah he's typing the paper for Ben who like hand wrote all of his notes um mm-hmm. about invisible man by Ralph Ellison <laughs> <laughs> he, he he hand wrote his paper and now he needs somebody to type it up fast like in 15 minutes when it's due
1: Right. I mean, I'm hoping at this point, email is a thing because you're not Uh, typing it, printing it and running it over in 15 minutes. I
0: think this is about the time when that would have been more realistic. I think, yeah, like when we were in college was about the time where that transition was happening, where maybe at the start of it, we were submitting papers like in a submission box near the teacher's office or something like that. But I, I know at some point, pretty early on it transitioned to being able to submit by email. Maybe some teachers, maybe some professors like had, were more more old school and only accepted paper submissions, but there were some, I know during our time in college, who started to accept by email. And this is right around that time that that transition might've started to happen.
1: So we're going to hope that uh, that he gets it in on time. I'm guessing that uh, we'll never hear. And then we will never find out uh, how he does on that. But I'm going to pretend that he gets um, a B.
0: Surprisingly enough, this is not something we're going to pick back up in the next episode. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just pleased to see somebody doing schoolwork. And actually, you know, a few people were, which was good. Um, or at least mentioned it. You know, I was just starting to wonder, like, is this still based in college? What's happening? Um,
1: (laughs) Felicity and Noel throughout most of this are doing schoolwork. It's just not the schoolwork we were used to doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's been, you know, a lot of time spent on relationships and Dean and DeLuca this season for a while. Um, You know, and even stuff like, uh, you know, was it an assignment that Felicity and Noel had to go to the modern back in the depths or were they just going? I think it was an I think assignment. one
1: of them. Was it both of them?
0: Or was it just um, going because they wanted to go? Um, <clears throat> I can't remember.
1: I think it was part of an assignment, but I feel like it was just Felicity's assignment, which doesn't make sense because they were both. I don't know. We don't remember. We don't remember,
0: but we've spent a lot more time on relationships and, you know, Dean and DeLuca and, you know, some of that stuff in recent episodes. So
1: yeah. It's fun to
0: see them be students for a minute.
1: Yeah. And I don't think I wrote it down. I don't know where it comes. It comes in later, but it was just one little line that, you know, Felicity is saying I had my French literature exam and mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the question was I mean yeah,
0: but she at how, least took an exam
1: you know but like how involved are you in the rest of your life that you, like you completely bomb one of your exams I mean she might not have been I well. think that can
0: happen sometimes where you like cram for some I don't know if this is what happened for her but I think it can happen where you like cram for something you take the test and as soon as it's done you purge all of that information from your brain that happened for me quite a lot um and you know could have been something like that although I don't know if we've ever heard about her French lit class in this no. semester so hey you know but she was taking one just got this she had a final yay. Yeah. yay school um but so sean's typing up this paper for ben got 15 minutes and he's just gonna play with ben here for a second he just <laughs> does a spell check and then he's like we lost it." Like, what <laughs> Sean's like no i'm just kidding ben says don't do that
1: yeah don't so, do that sean that's not funny it's mm-hmm. a lot fun
0: but yeah so that's where we leave it with them um we'll hear more about Julie and Sean stuff, but this paper from Ben is just a you know, they're just giving him some comedy. They're just making it light, they're just getting him caught up on his schoolwork after spending so much time with know
1: We've got you on the uh the payroll. We might as well use you in these smaller scenes until we get back to uh what I hope is going to be all these friends interacting with each other.
0: Yeah, they're gonna, let's see. Um they're going to introduce a new character in a new location pretty soon that'll help start to bridge the divide it's not that it's a divide on purpose you know it's like um in the healing process that we went through at the start of season two where the people in the loft actually kind of needed to get on the same page because julian ben certainly weren't at the very beginning um you know, and and Felicity and Noel were certainly not when you look at the Felicity Noel Elena crew. So I think th- these are two separate units right now because that's where the story led, and they're functioning. But those two units are functioning as a good unit, um, and so you know they they do need something to get them back in each other's orbits, but it's coming. We'll get
1: there a little bit less of Epstein bar, a little bit more of somewhere else.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, um, like Ruby will help to do that a little bit and a character we haven't met yet will help to do that. And, you know, the fact that Dean and DeLuca exists as a location where any of these characters can show up is something that'll do that. Um, But yeah, there's a a few different elements at play here that'll help bring them back together. But I do think at this point in season two, we have sort of, I don't want to say painted ourselves into a corner here, but the, the story is such that they've really developed these as sort of two parallel tracks and they just need to have like a catalyst bring those tracks together.
1: Yeah, I mean... Felicity and Ben still have not had any kind of reckoning, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, Felicity's done it with Julie. She's done it with Noel. But she's still in, I guess, avoidance mode with Ben.
0: Mm. Um, And you're going to start seeing a shift happen there, I think, as of the very next episode. Um, There's going to be a new story point for Felicity that's going to uh, that's going to be a catalyst that allows them to spend a little more time together. So I think that'll be, you're going to get, you're going to start getting your wish pretty soon because at the end of the day, so when you think about the timing of this, so I said the original air date of this episode was December 19th, 1999. And the next one is going to have aired in January. So they're taking a break this, this episode certainly has a feeling of, like, we're closing out for the holiday, at least by the end. And the next episode is going to start the back half of season two. It's hard for us to feel that because we're watching them week to week and we're not getting those, those breaks. But um, you can almost think of it like the second half is going to start anew. There's going to be a bunch of new characters we're going to meet. There's going to be a whole... Uh, way that they take the story in season two and a bunch of new plot lines that they're going to open up again starting with the next episode that they couldn't really open up in these last few episodes because they were closing out storylines that they wanted to be first half storylines.
1: Yeah, and this whole thing with Noel is... I don't know where it's going exactly, but um i mean she's they kissed and now she's she's starting about dreaming she's dreaming why don't we get into that
0: right because i think we've already we've we've talked about everything that happened with ben julian sean so let's move into the rest of the characters that we haven't covered yet yeah and and this one is a lot of we get what three dream sequences in this episode um I
1: think so, yeah.
0: And we're going to open with a dream sequence, which got your attention straight away.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it opens with this picture of her and Noel naked and... It's a a drawing. Know, a drawing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kissing and... In Professor Sherman's class, and Professor Sherman is being uh, a little critical, let's mm-hmm. say, of uh, of Felicity, mm-hmm. the person.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it escalates to the point of Professor Sherman saying, "You're a bit of a slut." A little
1: bit. A wow. Bit. I mean, she's in agreement with earlier Julie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Sled of Washington Square Park. Park. Mm-hmm. Park yeah so, you know, there's a couple of people for a girl who's who's only had sex with two people she's kind of getting a a reputation, yeah, perhaps perhaps it's a bit unearned we we're, we're throwing that term around a little loosely but. I would
0: say we are, yeah, um yeah. but Schindler, this is a dream, which we haven't officially said it here yet that it's a dream, but it sure feels like a dream um. Yeah. And you know you know that this is all stuff that's swirling around in Felicity's head. So it's not Professor Sherman calling her a slut. It's her wondering if she is one, um, you know, and or at least that's what her subconscious is working on. And then in this dream, the most disturbing part of this dream is, you know, Bruce, Bruce from <laughs> yeah. art class is then like, she shouldn't have done it. She shouldn't have called you a slut. That's not fair. And then he kisses Felicity. And then and she, she pushes him away. Happened. Yeah. It turns out it's Noel.
1: Yeah. And she didn't mean to push Noel away. Yeah. Um, but she did. And, oh, I just, you know, at this point, I'm wondering, is she still in love with Noel? Like, what? What's going on? Because you're yeah. telling me that she's going to be put together with. Ben, or at least going on that track in the next episode, I'm like, what horrible timing for whatever might have been happening with Noel, Um, because the two of them are certainly, I mean, at the very least ambivalent, um, and her less so than him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, maybe not.
0: Yeah, well let's keep moving through it. I'll decide how many spoilers to give to you here. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, what we can see is that the kiss and and well, you know, Felicity says this in a tape for Sally. She says, Well, the dream started Thanksgiving night. That kiss with Noel stirred up some feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and it's not to say those feelings didn't exist before, because she had had a conversation with Elena earlier this season about how the pang that she was feeling, like when Noel asked Ruby on a date to the place they went on their first date. Um, she's had a pang here before in this season over Noel. But I guess being with David, she kind of pushed that to the side for a little while. And the kiss on Thanksgiving stirred it back up. Brought it to the forefront of her brain. And so she's got all this swirling around. And certainly Professor Sherman in that dream, and also in real life, you know, it was like Professor Sherman did in fact walk in on them having that kiss. So there is this tension there, but also Professor Sherman is a metaphor here for like her own moral code and her own, like, what way do I want to go with this? Can I just float from this man to this man sort of thing um so i think professor sherman serves more than one purpose in this dream but it's also pretty on the nose because that's the that's the tense dynamic that they have now
1: yep and it's it's in pretty stark contrast to no right felicity's here saying oh you know i'm I'm having my you know, feelings stirred up and Noel just comes in hot with, it was a stupid drunken mistake.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: feel guilty about it. And yeah. just like, Oh yeah, me too.
0: Do you think, um, do you think he meant that?
1: I think he meant it when he said it. I think he'd been thinking a lot about it and he did feel really guilty and he had rehearsed. You know, he he had convinced himself that this was the way he was feeling about it because he didn't know that she felt any differently. Um, and he was so drunk at the time that he mm-hmm. probably didn't pick up on anything. Yeah. Uh. So I mean, yeah, I think he did think that until he realizes, oh, uh, maybe there is a shot.
0: Yeah. A shot yeah it is interesting to see like what you I don't because I don't really know what I thought he was thinking in that moment if he was just saying this because he was trying to get back to some level of normalcy or if he was just feeling guilty simply because he was thinking about Ruby now um although he doesn't yeah I mean and in this in this scene at this part of the scene he's sort of treating this like you know when you play like I, I guess like hide or I don't know, hide and seek with a baby. And you just like put your face behind a blanket and you're gone. And then you <laughs> put it back out and you're, you're there again. And you keep doing that. And I'm gone now. I'm there again.
1: And I, I think we call that peekaboo
0: peekaboo. Is that what it is? Peekaboo not hide and seek because the baby can't go anywhere. Yeah, That's the correct I mean, term for that yeah. game. Thank you for jumping in with this key trivia knowledge. Um, peekaboo. Right. Uh, can you imagine playing hide and seek with a baby? <laughs> like, I mean, I can
1: imagine it. it. probably wouldn't be particularly interesting. <laughs> it's um, like,
0: oh, I'll count to 10. You have to hide somewhere. Oh, you're still in your blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you always hide in the same place. In like, Um Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. But, grew.
1: however, if we remember from last time, Melissa always wins at trivia. so this I matter.
0: always win. That's it. Yep. My my award still stands. Yes. Still stands. Peekaboo is the game I was thinking of. And it's almost as if he's doing that here where it's like, everything's fine. Professor Sherman will be fine. Everything's good. It's going to be fine. And then they actually look at Professor Sherman and <laughs> she's giving them. It wasn't a dirty look, but it was like oh, a disapproving was... blank look. Oh, I don't like... know.
1: I thought she was like staring daggers at them.
0: Yeah, she it was, was, there was a sternness there. There was a don't mess with me sort of vibe to Professor Sherman. Um, yeah. It was like, a, I won't be coming back to your apartment for Thanksgiving <laughs> and using your Lou look. Um, nope. Yeah, and he just took, takes one look at her face like, oh yeah, okay, we're dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, Felicity here, she doesn't. doesn't know what to do because uh, she really she wants to get over this right she's noel has said it is a stupid drunken mistake and she agreed with him even Mm -hmm. though she didn't feel that way Mm -hmm. but her unconscious mind just won't let go of it
0: okay here's here's a question um well okay first of all there's been a time jump now because we're going to get another Felicity is starting to leave another tape to Sally and she says it's been three weeks since Thanksgiving.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that Ben's paper was due in a couple weeks from the first time that he tells us about it, but okay, whatever. 48
1: hours. 48 hours. <laughs> okay.
0: I don't know what to tell you <laughs> about this time, jump because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how to explain this to you. What we know from the tape to Sally is that Felicity says it has been three weeks since Thanksgiving. We know that the first dream we saw happened the night of Thanksgiving. So in theory, Mm -hmm. three weeks have passed at this point in this episode. Um, And then probably, so, uh, yes, you're right. Felicity's brain won't let go of Noel.
1: We would having the dreams as she talks to Elena about. It's like, we're seeing a couple of them, but these are these are maybe nightly occurring because later she makes a big deal about the fact that she doesn't have one, one night. So, I mean, she may Mm -hmm. have been having like three weeks worth of dreams.
0: Could have been, could have been. And the other thing that we're going to have to assume is that this dynamic between Noel Felicity and professor Sherman has been in sort of a holding pattern because it's been three weeks of those classes. I would assume they have at least one class a week maybe more. Um, But it's just maybe been in this weird space with those people, because there hasn't been a resolution or conversation that we've seen to this point, after that, that awkward look they got from Professor Sherman in that first class back. Um,
1: So I think we can kind of, maybe we can assume the first two scenes, the dream sequence, and the first, the first time they're back in the classroom with Professor Sherman, happened like day after Thanksgiving. And then when they got back to class the first time, the first week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then the three that. weeks occur. And then we get this next scene and then Ben comes in and talks about his paper. Okay. We're just doing 48 hours.
0: But I do think the first time that Ben, I think the first time Ben mentions the paper, I f- thought oh, you might be right about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause we get, yeah. Three scenes before we get to to the Ben scene. Okay. He slams the door.
0: Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, you're right. The first time like he good. blows in, he says American Lit Final is due in a couple days. Okay. The timeline is back on track.
1: I'm yes, feeling good about this.
0: Um, so the next time, so after this three-week break that we didn't actually get to see, because it's just, you mm-hmm. know business as usual sort of during that three weeks, or at least business as what this usual looks like.
1: Now we're in Professor Sherman's
0: class again.
1: Having on, you know, really uncomfortable classes. Mm -hmm. Business as usual.
0: Yeah. And that's what usual looks like at this moment in time. So the next time we're going to see Felicity and Noel in Professor Sherman's class, she's giving out what the final project is going to be. Which is basically three portraits. So two portraits of yourself. You do one of yourself. You do one of how the out how you think the outside world sees you. And then you're gonna partner up and do the other person's portrait. We never really see anything but Felicity and Noel's portraits of each other, though, right?
1: Yeah, we see Felicity starting to do her own portrait um at one point she's looking in a mirror and then ruby interrupts her yeah. but i really wish that i had gotten to see those two portraits by felicity mm-hmm. um but just like julie's song i i am never going to get what i want here. no it's not happening no i i recognize that i'm a little sad but um you know i'll get over it at some point
0: yeah but so Uh, for Felicity and Noel it seems pretty obvious they're going to pair with each other because hey Bridget's been gone for a while haven't seen her not going to (laughs) partner with her Uh, and Bruce who needs Bruce
1: no yeah
0: so they just want to make sure this is okay so they go up to Professor Sherman after class they go up together they're like hey we just wanted to see if it was okay if we partner together is it going to be weird is it going to be fine Professor Sherman's like, it's fine. Totally fine. Go for it. And, uh, you know, Felicity makes her apology. Look, you know, what happened at Thanksgiving had nothing to do with David. Noel, you know, jumps in with a very appropriate comment at this point. Uh, he's like, it was really your punch.
1: Yeah. so It's your fault that your son got cheated on. Yeah. He got us drunk.
0: And that was not, ah, not ah, the ah. best move. Um, wow. Professor Sherman was having none of that. She nope. gives him an, another one of those looks. And Noel's like, I <laughs> am going to exit this scene starting yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does. Felicity, though, she lingers in a very Dr. Garibay moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. Um, although, I guess in this situation, there was some bad blood, but, you know, Felicity lingers. Professor Sherman looks back up. She says, do you have a class-related question? <laughs> hey, Fish, did Felicity have a class-related question?
1: No, no. No, she didn't.
0: She's like, look, I really respect you. And, you know, the thing that happened in Thanksgiving, is it going to impact our teacher-student relationship?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> Yeah.
0: What was, what was she going to say? What was the right answer to that? Like the, the right answer for professor Sherman is no, it will not, but it still could have.
1: I guess. I mean, obviously she cares about her son, but also she is a professor. I mean, she, you know, she's an adult and like, she doesn't have to like them, but You know, she says, basically, I'm I'm just going to pretend you didn't even ask me that. Yeah. And Felicity's like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, bye.
0: And, you know, I think that this scene or like this reaction from Professor Sherman might be why I'm almost surprised that Professor Sherman tried to set Felicity up with her son to begin with during, yeah. during the run of the class. You
1: know, like those two things don't seem to go together.
0: They don't. Right. Because I think, yeah, sure. Okay. There's going to be, she's not, she doesn't think very well of Felicity right now, but she is saying I can keep that separate from the grade that I give you. I could be like in this room, you are my student. Um, I, I feel like she does have that ability to compartmentalize. And uh, I, I think from what I've seen from Professor Sherman, I think of her as a teacher or professor who would not want to jeopardize the ethics of her profession.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you can look at it two ways. One is a question about ethics, Mm -hmm. where maybe she does blur some professional, personal boundaries. um, But... She still, you know, has a certain ethics about teaching and art, and I guess that's the way that I think about it, because the other way to think about it is that she has strong professional personal boundaries, Mm -hmm. and that does not seem to be true in all cases.
0: Yeah, I don't know maybe they just didn't know what was really going on for her character and they you know they they introduced david by through her i don't know where else um i don't know where else like from a time standpoint felicity was supposed to meet somebody like david because they already had her in this classroom that's how they got noel and felicity to be in the same space and so that i suppose was a natural person that you could use to like bring in a new character like david
1: or they could have just met at epstein bar yeah like everyone else yeah
0: um i don't know it is it is it does feel a little bit like i don't know exactly what they were trying to do with professor sherman here or then so yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that you said that it seems like some of these things don't really go together because I also don't think that they do. But you know, nonetheless, this is what happened in this in the show.
1: And sometimes things just don't make sense. For mm-hmm. example, the next dream sequence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're gonna get a lot of important important men together. Yeah and
0: i've been referencing this dream sequence since the first time we saw eli or maybe the second time we saw eli um so i've been building this up but it was just as weird and wild as you might think it might be um, it was so it was really truly a deep dream sequence she's kind of walking around in a space with like sheer curtains i don't know what it was um
1: yes i mean it felt like a 90s music video
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know the the way the light was coming down and you just sort of expected at some point for the curtain to open up to a beach scene Mm -hmm. Uh, how would you describe
0: the music we were hearing it was very like sort of i don't want to say noir that's the word that i want here I like don't
1: remember the song actually
0: it, it was it was like there was like a little bit of drum in the background there was like a <laughs> and like it was like a, a like a tonal sort of sound and then there was like a bit of like a bongo drum in the background um
1: i probably would have more to say on that had i not been so i guess overwhelmed by the rest of the content
0: true okay so let's get to the rest of the content It's going to be a buffet of all the men that felicity has had in her life um
1: yes noel is
0: the first person she sees
1: is he i thought it was eli it
0: was Noel? i missed you
1: Uh, oh
0: and then eli i had but i had her first so It was sort of like, um, the way they showed this, it was just like the faces of the, or the, the body and face of these men just kind of floated it. Like, it was like, this is the next person that's standing in front of you. And then the camera pans and it's another person standing in front of her and they kind of get right in their face. So it's a little bit disorienting.
1: Yeah. And it's all about sex Mm -hmm. and well, and not with Ben and Noel, but like. Eli is like, I had her first. And David is like, yes, but I taught her how to make love. Mm -hmm. And then Ben is like, yes, but I'm her soulmate. And Noel's like, no, I am. Mm -hmm. And then we get the piece de resistance, Mm -hmm. Lucky the dog, who comes in. And we're not sure what exactly he says here, so please weigh in. I think he Um, said,
0: je m'appelle Sean.
1: Yeah, and I think he said... Je m'appelle Changer. So, like, I am change?
0: Uh, okay. Well...
1: Neither one makes sense, uh, again. But what is clear is that he is about her sexual ambivalence and confusion. And there's actually
0: subtitles that come on the screen. Because he's (laughs) speaking in French at that moment. Um, Yes. But... I, as soon as we heard Lucky speak, I actually thought it sounded like David's voice. I did too. Okay. Yeah. Which made your comment, I'm I'm circling back from a comment you made from an earlier episode. Can't believe I remembered it. Award for me. Yay. Um, you had made a comment in getting Lucky about how Lucky represented David
1: yeah, at the very beginning, it's like he was sad and sweet, so he had no color, so I took him home, and I was like, is Lucky David? Mm-hmm.
0: And then here <laughs> he is, Lucky with David's voice in a French yeah. accent, and who else, you know, d- you know, <laughs> like... First time Felicity and David go on a date is to a French restaurant. And he's, you know, he studied abroad in France. So if there's a character Mm -hmm. here that's meant to represent that, it would be David. Um,
1: And she did have a lot of sexual ambivalence and confusion with David, the whole David and Lucky situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also,
0: if you interpret it the way I did, and you think he said, je m'appelle Sean, I suppose that would also be like confusion and ambivalence
1: (laughs) i don't know so much ambivalence with sean uh i certainly would feel confusion if his name was sean Mm -hmm. um but uh i don't know it could have been something other than but like there was another word that i thought at first it was something else and i can't remember what it is now it wasn't change it was Anyway, it could be a number of things. We're not really sure. but
0: oh, oh, as we're talking here, I'll also check a script and see if I can. Yeah, write. and
1: I did look in the script and it didn't, well, one of the scripts, and it didn't have it in there. Um, but if you can find a script that has it in there, that would be great.
0: Oh, my actual goodness. This script says Lucky, and it says Je Charles. That makes even oh. less sense than anything you and I have thrown out, right? Who...
1: Who's been a well, Charles? Isn't, isn't Charles... Charlie
0: was Maggie's husband, whom Yeah. he never met and didn't know about. Oh. This is unfortunate that that was what was in the script, because...
1: Was well, uh, it the official script, though? Sometimes people just try to, like, type what they think it is.
0: Well, it's tricky, too, because even with an official script, things can be improvised and things can be changed that don't end yeah. up. Uh, so, so there is no like actual unless somebody does a full transcript of what was filmed there is right. nothing that but to even see the word charles here so the that you know the answer good. is i have no idea what's said so at that it point.
1: could be charles it could be sean it could be sean it could be some other word lucky's name is uh a mystery yeah
0: yeah so uh if you happen to have uh, listeners if you happen to have a like a concrete answer to that question you you go ahead and tell us or if you have theories feel free to project <laughs> onto this part of the script and you tell us what you want it to be um because hey yeah. it's a dream sequence none of it makes sense anyway might as well
1: yeah very um i don't know i found these dreams to be very interesting because they are from Felicity's perspective mm-hmm. and Seems like girls got sex on the brain.
0: Well, and I mean, I don't necessarily think this dream was sexual. I think this dream was her reviewing the men that have been in her life and thinking about what it meant. So I think of this as more analytical.
1: Yeah, but to have, I don't know, like, because it's from her perspective, I Guess it's okay that these things were said. But if these guys were to get in a room together and Eli's statement was I had her first and David's Mm -hmm. was, but I taught her how to make love, I'd be like, Who are you?
0: Yeah. But I do think at the end of the day, this is coming from a standpoint of what do these people represent to Felicity now? Like if this is if this is the journey she's been on with relationships to this point, basically in her life. Like, what have these people represented to her? And then we get Lucky, which is, like, the outlier.
1: Um, well, and like, what does it mean that Lucky represents her sexual ambivalence and confusion and mm-hmm. he has died?
2: Oh,
1: my God. Right? RAP because, Lucky. well, I mean, first of all, that's sad. But. Mm-hmm. Are also, you saying that means
0: she's made decisions?
1: But I don't. I, I feel like she hasn't made decisions. So yeah. I'm kind of like, this is an imperfect representation. As is so
0: often happens. with <laughs> dreams, This is like, if I, if I were to put my dreams into a TV show, you'd be like, what is happening here? This can't be, what is all this supposed to be about? Um, so I guess, to some degree, once you start putting dream sequences in, it's like a very David Lynch sort of thing. It's like what, maybe it's supposed to be, how do we feel about it more so than the content itself? Cause I think that's something happens with David Lynch a lot. It's like, well, beyond what you think this symbolizes, how did it make you feel in that moment? Because that's what we were trying to elicit. So I don't know what they were going for with this. I do think that- And remember that this is a a mid-season finale. And so it is sort of like a review in its way of like, here's where we've been. Actually, here's where we've been in the last, maybe a little bit more than this half a season. Um, So... I mean, we're,
1: we're reaching back to Eli at this point. Yeah, we're reaching back um, to Eli.
0: So that puts us at about like one full season if we go back from like the mid-season finale or mid-season yeah. premiere of season one. Um, mm. So I don't know. This does feel like a time when you might do a review in this way, remind you of where she's been, let you know that she's confused about what the future holds. And then that might prime you for a well what's going to happen from here when you pick up again in the back half of season two
1: yeah and i'm i'm gonna say i i don't know i don't know what to do with noel here i mean he is clearly still into her and he's giving her all these vibes because i mean the next scene we've got felicity and noel talking to each other yeah and he wants to know about her dreams now i'm sorry Nobody asks about your dreams unless they're trying to get in your pants.
0: Well, like, she, she says, I've had your dreams. And I think I know the natural like, thing you would say is, oh, what happened in them? Like, I do think that would be a natural thing to say if you're friends.
1: I don't, I feel like, I don't know, male-female friendships or like someone that you have dated or that you might date in the future, like... She tribute. didn't say
0: that it was... She didn't say the nature of the dream. She only said Bruce had been in it. And he was like, what? Yeah. So,
1: but to, to turn to her and be that interested in what she dreamed about, I mean...
0: You no, know, I could see that being a thing. Um, I, she kind of opened it up. And thing. then she immediately closed it off, right? Because it's not a dream she wants to relay to him. So she doesn't... She just lets yeah. that conversation Bruce. come to a, a halt,
1: Um, she zags and she's like let's bring up Ruby quick
0: yeah yeah well and before she does that so they're drawing they're doing the part of the assignment where they're working on each other's portraits they're sort of sitting across from each other on the couch and she's talking about how she's not really looking forward to the like she's she's not excited about doing her own portrait and she's like yeah just staring myself in the mirror drawing my own face just yuck you know and Noel's like Well, I can tell you it's not yuck.
1: Again, same vibes. Yeah. Like, he's definitely giving her, you know.
0: If you were going to be trying to read into things Nola's saying, drawing you is not yuck is definitely a thing you can read into. For sure. And I think he intended it as a thing to read into. I think every, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff he's doing in this episode is showing that he's he is leaning in the direction of felicity himself now
1: yeah and and so felicity's just going to bring up ruby
0: Mm -hmm. she's like are
1: you missing ruby and he's like yeah you know she'll be back in a couple weeks and
0: finishing up
1: and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but i was a little startled because i was absolutely terrified by noel's sketch of felicity (laughs) the eyes on that thing were so, I mean, right out of a horror film.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it was, was a combination a, of wow. that and the abnormally long skinny neck that they gave her, which is not reflective of Carrie Russell's neck. Um, oh. It was, It was not well proportioned. Let's put it that way. Whereas yeah. I did think that the drawing of Noel was quite good.
1: I had the same issue. I think they were drawn by the same person. Mm-hmm. I think that the eyes, again, in Noel's, uh, in the picture of Noel, terrifying, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely terrifying. And it was weird because I think if you look at them together, and I was so distracted by the eyes, that's why I think it was the same person, because that's mostly what I was focused on. Okay. But they're both facing forward, right? Mm-hmm. And... Then, you know, he throws the sketch on the ground, and I guess that means he's starting over or something, because at the end, you see that she's in profile. And I, I don't know if that one was done by the same person or not, but I mm-hmm. think the two that they were, they're were they working on most of the time um, were done by the same person, because the eyes look the same and equally as terrifying
0: be i didn't notice the picture the portrait of noel being terrifying i thought it was i thought it was good i thought it was a good representation and made him look the lips were good almost jolly
1: oh go back and look at the eyes (laughs) yeah they're different like one's all like kind of white and one's kind of dark and Uh, one's like larger and i don't know yeah okay i'm gonna have nightmares about those eyes tonight
0: fair enough all right well it's you know it's Halloween for us, Halloween season. So that's okay. It might not be when you're listening to this, listeners, but it is for us. <laughs> um, so then we get this part. It's like a voiceover. I think it's a voiceover for Sally still. Um, of, okay. For what Felicity's saying to Sally, where she's like, and then this weird thing happened. We were taking a TV break and we kind of napped. And then you see they're napping, but Noel's arm is around Felicity. He's spooning her. And you know, it's like okay, uh <laughs> what's going on here, folks. Um, and and then we're gonna get Felicity recounting that to Elena.
1: hmm And she's like, I could feel his his breath on my neck, and he had his arm around me. And then we see all these Christmas decorations, and I realize, oh, it's getting towards the holidays. Yeah. Um
0: but then in the conversation with Elena, she's saying, she, Elena's like, well, well, then what happened to like, I don't want to date anyone right now. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he just, I don't even know what that was. Like, I just kind of got up first and we didn't talk about it. We went back to drawing our portraits and Elena's like, fess up, <laughs> say something concrete, do something, tell him about the dreams.
1: Yeah. And I thought this was really telling what Felicity says. She says, you know, if I get this chance to date him again, Mm -hmm. I don't want to make the same mistake again. So does that mean that she feels that going with Ben was a mistake?
0: Is it Ben that was the mistake? Is it Eli that was the mistake in her mind? What was the mistake?
1: i immediately went to ben
0: because i was thinking eli Hmm.
1: because i feel like it would be a lot harder for her to make the same eli mistake again considering we haven't seen eli since this dream
2: Mm i mean
1: like since season one um but i guess it also would be difficult given her relationship with ben right now
0: there's not another man in the picture for her And Mm -hmm. any mistake she has made with Noel in the past was her choosing somebody else.
1: Yeah. So So it could just be that.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess in a more general way, it could be like taking for granted the relationship with Noel. Yeah. Which I suppose would be true even in this situation. She doesn't want to do that. Um, But yeah. Yeah. What we're definitely getting from Elena here is like a shoot your shot kind of vibe, you know. T- tell him about the dream. That's a big thing to do, mm-hmm. and and Felicity's trying to figure out what's happening with the Ruby dynamic. And she's like, I mean, is he is he serious about her? And Elena's like, look, how like how serious can he'd be about her she's been gone for a while they hadn't been together for very long you have history um you know and i think on the back of that she's saying tell him about your dreams i i think elena's aware of the complication here
1: yeah but she's always going to be kind of felicity's cheerleader you know she's a girl she's yeah she's looking out for felicity yeah. so ruby bah.
0: And, and this fires up full city, right? So she's going to go to confront Noel. And of course, the person who answers the door at the apartment is Ta-da. Ruby. Who has come home for the econ final, just in the nick of time to interrupt this conversation.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. She's back for a little yep. while. Mm-hmm. And, um, And she's going to run away so that felicity and noel can talk to each other about gifts that noel has bought ruby and piled up on a table um yeah they're doing
0: portraits again their portrait drawing session but noel has questions he wants a woman's opinion he wants felicity's opinion
1: he does and three different gifts Mm -hmm. yeah he needs it because uh as we can see from the way that i'm assuming he and not elena have decorated the apartment for christmas he does have kind of a sad charlie brown christmas tree going on in the background there Mm -hmm. that that's a pretty sad tree okay so i feel like yes he should get some advice
0: yeah and he's so he's got these three different gifts and he puts them on parade for felicity to get her her reactions he's got a sweater
1: Mm -hmm. don't ask felicity about sweaters
0: she liked it you did not
1: i didn't well i mean that's true of every sweater she's ever worn Hmm. in season one
0: okay um also well also a palm pilot did he actually show the palm pilot
1: He showed the box okay um and then remember palm pilots
0: gosh barely i didn't have (laughs) one so i don't even totally know what it did but it it sounds like something that gets you organized
1: yeah it was the kind of pre blackberry blackberry
0: it's kind of what i'm envisioning out a phone yeah
1: (laughs) it was it was uh all the thing for about two seconds
0: yeah and then there was a third thing that he bought which was a a bracelet um very
1: cheap looking it
0: looks like costume jewelry but i'm guessing he chose it because it looked it was not rubies but it was ruby colored something, right?
1: It was red. Yeah. There, there were red pieces of plastic attached. Beads of
0: some sort, yes. Yeah. Um, and so he's got those three things, which is three really very different things. You know, there's like the Palm Pilot techie, totally functional. There's the sweater, sort of a mix between the two. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. And then there's the jewelry, which is like, the rom- i guess in theory the most romantic gift um but he's deciding between those three things he's trying to decide what he should give ruby but he phrases it to felicity as well which one would you want
1: and felicity can't answer that question because she has a personal stake in the in the answer okay so as usual she can't keep her mouth shut And she tells she tells Noel about her feelings. And And to be fair, I
0: don't know that she should keep her mouth shut here. She she can't, but I also don't think she should.
1: I agree. But I'm this is also why I think that when when Noel came up and said it was a stupid drunken mistake, you know, he meant that because when she reveals that she, you know, has some inklings of feelings and might want to get back together, he is shocked. I mean, he is really,
0: she goes beyond saying I have inklings of feelings. She says directly, I want to go out with you again. Yeah, and, and then she softens it. She's like, I don't even know if he'd be interested or like what, you know, like, but she puts that out there in very concrete terms for him. And he is reeling.
1: Yeah. He, I feel like he had absolutely no thought that she had any feelings for him.
0: I don't even know if it's that. I mean, on the one hand, it might be that. On the other hand, it might be that it's the safest possible place for him to avoid feelings like this, like whether or not he was acknowledging how he was feeling or acknowledging any signals he thought she might be putting out. Like, maybe he saw some of that stuff happening and it was a position of great safety for him to leave it unaddressed and be with Ruby.
1: Well, regardless, he's, you know, he's not saying yes. I mean, he it, it seems like it's, Shocking to him either to have to confront the feelings
2: mm-hmm.
1: or, or to hear about them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, not realizing that, that Felicity had any,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he, he does not react in the way that Felicity would like.
0: Yeah. It's hard for me to think that he didn't have feelings before this episode. If I think about how well, he handled he family affairs.
1: No, no I think he-, he did. I don't think he thought she did. Oh, That's what I think is the shock. I okay. think he definitely had these feelings. He's been giving her the vibes, he's been giving her all this stuff. He was, and the one family he affairs,
0: didn't... he was definitely a little threatened by David. He's been threatened by David for a while. He gives David a, a funny look every time David's ever come into the room at the same <laughs> time as him. So it's I th- think it's well documented. Um,
1: but, but he's yeah, continued I... to have feelings for Felicity, it's just in his mind. You know, I I still feel like, and I feel like we also got this in feedback from some people that Noel is a deeply insecure person when it comes to relationships Mm -hmm. and the idea that Felicity would want to date him again is just not even a consideration.
0: Yeah. And so and after she puts this out there for him, like we've said, he says, I'm reeling. I'm physically reeling. This is bad timing. Bad timing being that Ruby just showed up for an econ final. <laughs> um, and then he goes into this story, the parable of the motorcycle stunt uh, <laughs> stunt person. He he tells a story about a motorcycle guy that he he saw something about this person on TV. They were trying to jump 60 buses, I think. Um, yeah. with the motorcycle and one fell swoop and they crashed and burned on bus number 59. And he said, I think he said like broke 80% of the bones in his body. Yes. And so apparently somebody interviewed the guy and Noel as the kid was watching this interview and the person said, would you do it again? And the stunt driver said, Nope, Nope, <laughs> Nope, Nope. And they said, why not? And Noel's quote was, because I really missed the first time. So, you know, probably one of his better metaphors compared to, I I remember a certain, (laughs) she is like a chick when he was talking to Felicity's dad way back in season one. Um, This, this feels like the kind of thing Noel would be referencing in this moment.
1: It feels appropriate. It feels like he understood what he wanted to say and then came up with a story that actually was able to communicate that to another person.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's this idea that like Felicity was the dream, the thing that he wanted that he was working toward. He went after it and he just got smashed to smithereens. And now he's reluctant to approach this again. And Uh, Maybe hoped the opportunity would not be presented in front of him in this way, where he could possibly feel the fomo of it all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it perhaps was easier for him not to have to consider an actual offer. But this is his response, and so in this conversation, Felicity's like, "You know what? That was a perfect response. I totally get it. We should both feel good about putting it out there, and and just." Let's just move on. She goes, she immediately walks to the couch. She grabs the portrait again to start getting back to work. They, he grabs his, they start doing that. And then she says, give her the bracelet. It's what I would want. So she, this is, she's now finally answering the question that he opened this scene with. Um, And she's doing it in an honest way.
1: Yep. And it's, I mean, I like that about her in this episode that she does kind of stay honest about about how she at least the gift part mm-hmm. for both of them yeah so yeah
0: yeah
1: it's, I, she she't she's not i don't find felicity to be particularly sneaky unless she's trying to help, like I don't see her as being like a sneaky person trying to sabotage people.
0: I agree with that. Um, Um, So she just, she doesn't do that. Well, so she, she kind of plays, she plays it off here like, okay, let's move on. But she is going to lick her wounds a little bit. So she's going (laughs) to, she's going to enter the science lab um, to talk to Elena. And I, I just enjoy this so much. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Felicity interrupts Elena and her new lab partner and it's like, Noel, you know, like Noel dumped me. Um, like, are you even dating? But in yeah. order to have this conversation, Elena needs to make her lab partner go away. And this is like one of my favorite moments, uh, of <laughs> like one line people where, I, I don't know, I'm going to give this an award for Best slow talker, uh, Gwen. Gwen gets yeah. just a little bit of screen time here, but she makes an impact on me. Where Elena says, "Gwen, go get," uh, she says, "Go get the beaker." And oh no, she, what did what did Elena say? She made she makes her want to go away. She's like,
1: yeah, it's something like, "Can you do the next step?" or something like that.
0: And then and Gwen, yeah. Gets out. I'll go get the beaker. <laughs> and Elena's like, "Uh huh." Gwen goes away, and Felicity says, "Hmm, she's uh, she's the slow talker, huh?" And it's <laughs> like, "Well, she's not the fast talker."
1: Yeah, it's just one of those moments where it's so clear that life is continuing to go on and they've got inside jokes and they're sharing stuff that, you know, we don't see, but you know, we get these little pieces of it. And, and cool. this was a lovely Elena must
0: be so frustrated with Gwen.
1: Uh, I, well, she's probably just doing it all herself. <laughs> she's probably
0: doing every single thing herself. Yes. That's a, yeah, the only except, way that this relationship can work.
1: Yeah. Except getting this one speaker.
0: Yeah my goodness um but yeah so felicity just sort of recounts for elena what just happened she says you know Noel was was really clear and confident in his answer and elena was like yeah it just makes him want you all the more doesn't it or makes you want him all the more and Felicity's like yeah yeah well, that's
1: the thing when you when someone gives you an answer you can respect and then you're like, ah, now I respect them even more. They're more attractive.
0: Yeah, so. very unlike what Nicole had suggested back in season one, <laughs> where she's like, everybody knows the best way to get over a crush is to put it out there. Well, Nicole, guess what? Direct evidence to the contrary, right here.
1: Gosh. Yep. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I think that's what this line was put in for to directly refute the Nicole, Nicole. of it all
0: yeah i'm sure that that's what they were thinking they were like we need we need an answer to this major prophecy that nicole had <laughs> um yeah so now Noel, we're gonna move to a scene i find this part this stuff kind of interesting so noel has just said no to felicity but then we see him in this scene with ruby they're, you know, at the cafe or the bar or the cafe side of Epstein Bar. I don't know what this location is still, right? Is it Epstein, Epstein Bar? Is it just Epstein the other side? Epstein bar. Okay. So, the, Nolan Rubier Ruby are at a table and he gives her a gift. And what is the gift that he gives her? Not the bracelet that Felicity would want. He gives her the Palm Pilot.
1: He does. And, and
0: you know, she seems to like it.
1: Yeah, I mean she's not super enthusiastic about it, but she's you know, she's like, it's nice. It's it's perfect. I'm so disorganized.
0: This is what I need.
1: Or unorganized. I'm I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, Great, now hook it up. Yeah. And she was was
0: really
1: cute in that moment. Yeah. Hook it up. She's like, Oh, hook it up. She's like, Yeah. Yeah. But a really weird thing to notice here, and I don't know why I did, but, um Noel has a band-aid on his thumb. Like at oh. some point he has cut his thumb,
0: or is it and, still from the lucky bite?
1: uh well, it wasn't in the earlier scenes. Oh well. So he's cut his thumb and we'll never see the band-aid again.
0: It um, was a real Scott Foley injury, probably. I
1: think I think so. But I just happened to see it. I was like, oh, he's got. A big Band-Aid on his thumb.
0: I, I want it to be uh, that he's still healing from the bite from Lucky. That's what I want it's it to a, be. It's the
1: wrong finger though. Because oh. it's, it's his thumb on this one and, and Lucky bit him on the one of his fingers.
0: A thumb is a finger?
1: No, it's not. Gasp! I know, right? Oh, I consider a it a finger.
0: I will it accept up. it as a finger.
1: Look it up. It's not a finger.
0: Is a thumb a finger? Is that what I'm supposed to be looking at right now? Look it up. Is a thumb a finger? Let's see. In some languages, it's referred to as the big finger. Special
2: digit. It's a digit.
0: Thumb is a digit, but it's not technically a finger. Oh, come on. Ha, ha, ha. So yes. when you say Victory. how many fingers do you tap, have you're supposed to say eight?
1: Yep. That is Absolutely. not
0: an answer I would accept as normal.
1: <laughs> hey, the internet has just proven me correct because everything on the internet is right. The, um... the problem
0: with this esoteric <laughs> knowledge is that I think most people probably consider a thumb a finger and a big toe probably a toe.
1: So, you know, I mean, it's okay for everyone else to be wrong and me to be right.
0: Well, the problem is if you then say I've got eight fingers and everybody thinks you're missing two fingers, right? Because I think it's like when people, I think it's when people call bruschetta, bruschetta, where I'm like, (laughs) I understand that I have to be like normal people and I have to call it bruschetta. Yep. So that I don't get a funny look. And I know that the Italian pronunciation is not that at all. And yeah. I want to be understood. So I am going to continue to say that I've got 10 fingers.
1: Yeah, um, and I think that is a reasonable response. However, I would like to point out, I do win this, this one interaction. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we can have a definitive answer.
0: There Uh. I may need to look at some other sources on this.
1: Go ahead. I, I I'm i getting some mixed responses. I don't know why.
0: I'm, this is strange.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I know this, but I know that I've looked it up like a couple times because it's like come up in other stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, there are but- some varying answers to this. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's strange. Uh. Okay
1: back to something that is actually related because Um, not even the cut thumb was really related (laughs) to (laughs) yeah
0: anyway so um, we yeah one of the things that I kind of notice about the way that they close out this scene where Ruby's being all cute she's like hook it up and I just had this feeling from her when she says that, where I'm like, she really is pretty good at getting people to do things for her. Um, she was really cute. She was really sweet about it. And she's like, take care of me. Yeah. (laughs) Like it, it just, it really struck me that way. Um, hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, she's, she's good at it. And she, she just kind of does it in a way that's so innocent, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's like it is innocent. Expected? It does
0: not feel manipulative to me whatsoever no. when she says things like this, and yet
1: it's just. But it is an expectation.
0: Yeah. So, so I don't know, and and I and I'm reading into that from where I know her character is going, but it's just like, yeah, just stuff like that. Um,
1: but I think we've seen it already.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, But so it's relevant to me that Noel had asked Felicity's opinion, which gift should I give Ruby? Give her the bracelet. Noel decides to give her something else. He gives her the Palm Pilot.
2: Yep.
0: And so when this happens, I'm thinking, is this an act of sabotage for Noel? Is he trying not to, is, is he trying to do the opposite thing? Is he, you know, like, where, where is this coming from for Noel? And then we get this next scene. <laughs> well,
1: but so so for that scene, I had two thoughts
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I had not considered sabotage. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was him recognizing that Ruby and Felicity are different
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that the Palm Pilot would actually be the better present for Ruby, kind of Like, he knows her better. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thought I had was, is he saving the bracelet to give to Felicity?
0: I mean, so I think if you just leave it at that scene, it leaves a a, a lot of room for interpretation. And then we get to the next scene that I think grounds it a little bit more in... So Felicity and Noel are drawing again. They're drawing each other's portraits again. And a conversation comes up about what gift he gave ruby he says the palm pilot now felicity knows that she the last time she had a the last time she had a say in this she was saying give her the bracelet so i think this is probably striking felicity in that moment maybe or at least it's weird and confusing but she keeps rolling through this um and this is where noel then takes another step and he says you know what Getting a little blocked here. Let's try a technique that Bruce suggested. It's called yeah. staring into each other's eyes as deeply as we
1: can. Yeah, I know. It's called getting close to each other and longingly staring in each other's eyes.
0: And then he, he you know, backs it up for himself. He's like, you know what? I thought Bruce maybe was trying to come on to me, but it just turns out <laughs> it's an art- artistic technique. It's fine. It's, it's totally normal. Totally validated. This is a normal thing. So yeah. friends can do this. You can do this with Bruce. You can do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So... Felicity's like yeah yeah if it's a technique okay let's do it mm-hmm. so they put down their drawings and they start staring into each other's eyes and they slowly start leaning in leaning in leaning, leaning in They're getting I don't really know
1: close that they lean in I mean is, he is like, definitely yeah. moving yeah she, she is not moving as much
0: yeah maybe a little bit but not as much and then yeah. have it not you know Elena walks in and interrupts us she's like you two are gonna kiss and yeah Felicity Felicity is just kind of like in an open mouth stare and like Noel is just like (laughs) no Uh, but it's pretty clear where this was headed if you're the viewer watching this and I think when you take these things back to back like Noel has said despite knowing that Felicity suggested he give her the bracelet Noel says I gave Ruby the palm pilot and then he makes this move
1: yeah I don't know that he really meant for oh, it huh. to end up being a kiss. I just don't, I think he kind of, with Noel, I feel like it's it's a moth to a flame. I, yeah. Like he, he's like, all right, let's try this technique. And then, because this happens like three times during this episode, they like start staring at each other and then Noel starts leaning in. And it's like, all right, like learn that this is what is going to happen if you stare into each other's. I don't think
0: that this is accidental moth to a flame, though. I think that felicity having this conversation with him brought this to the forefront of his brain even more. I think he's not stopped thinking about it since they had that conversation. I think that he's making choices to that make him want to gravitate towards felicity here. And he's exploring that. And I think when I think about him giving the palm pilot to Ruby, I think he's like trying to cool it off. Um I almost do think of it as possible sabotage in a very like in a in a way that doesn't seem like it. Um it's like, oh, maybe she won't like this as much. I'll get her this. And yeah. then he's even testing it when he gives that gift to Ruby. He's like, are you sure you really? I can return it? Like, I it's fine. And Ruby's like, no, no, no. I like it. It's fine. Um, and I think he's doing these things and I think it's not subconscious. I think it's a little more on the surface for him than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as sabotage. I think that he didn't give her the bracelet because that would have been the romantic gift, Mm -hmm. right. That would have moved things maybe forward. Mm -hmm. And I think he is a little unsure at this moment, even though he has given this absolutely horrific metaphor for what happened to him last time. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was, you know, when they were really looking into each other's eyes, Felicity has more of a blank face. Um, You know, she's, She's kind of trying to do the exercise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Noel, to me, is looking into her eyes like he wants a question answered. Like he, he's almost like desperate to get some kind of answer,
0: like from a, this. Like, are
1: you like can hurt I me trust? Again? Yeah, can I yeah. trust you? Or do you really want? to happen how committed like something yeah and and i believe that that is what he wanted from them staring in each other's eyes is to be able to like almost see into her soul to get some clarity i don't think he went into it thinking he was going to kiss her but he can't like he can't stop himself yeah yeah um that no I know, but I have an award here to give. Okay. It's my last one to Elena for the best holiday themed burn. She walks in and she's like, you were about to kiss. I'm like, no, no, we weren't. She's like, sorry right with me. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Good job, Elena. Shake. Good job.
0: Um, yeah. So there is. There's all that happening. Look, I think the stuff with Noel, I think it's a both and. You know, I think it's like uh, he's sort of keeping the plates spinning. Uh, He's got this relationship happening with Ruby. He's now aware. he, He knows there's an interest in Felicity on his side. He now knows there's an interest in him from Felicity. And he's terrified of it. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think all of these things can be true. And he's trying to walk this really strange, like, line navigating all of these things. Um, So, but Felicity certainly takes some important information away from this conversation. If nothing, even if it's only on a subconscious level, she is where we get to dream number three. Noel and Felicity are in bed and Felicity reaches under the pillow that her head is on and she finds the bracelet that Noel was going to give to Ruby it's broken it's in a bunch of pieces and then we 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 pull back the camera and we now see that it's Ruby instead of Noel that's next to Felicity in bed. Ruby is in just like a red bra. (laughs) because there you go and uh ruby looks at the bracelet kind of sadly she's like i really wanted that bracelet and felicity is like yeah me too Ruby's like you too interesting and then she says was the palm pilot your idea
1: she pulls out the palm pilot Mm -hmm. which is all gray and sad looking Mm -hmm. and she opens up the top and she just looks at felicity and goes did you do this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are you responsible for this being my crap gift? Yeah. And again,
0: like none of that is coming from Ruby's perspective. This is all in Felicity's subconscious and it's the dream. But what we know is that now that Noel told her, I gave Ruby the Palm pilot and they had this basically almost kiss moment again, um, this is Felicity's dream right after, where she's, like, realizing that this is all, all of this is happening between Felicity and Noel in spite of Ruby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's almost impossible to remove the Ruby element from the Felicity and Noel dynamic at this stage. Yep. So... And this is where we have the whole like felicity is so flustered that she goes into her french lit final doesn't remember taking doesn't remember answering the question or what question even
1: was (laughs) hopefully she doesn't fail out because you know we do have two more seasons to go yeah yeah she She does she doesn't
0: spoiler alert she will continue with school um so uh and now We're going to get the next scene. Felicity, Ruby's going to enter back on the scene here. So Felicity is in her room drawing. And Ruby interrupts. She she blasts into the room. She's got a null crisis.
1: Yeah. I mean, first she says, I have a crisis. And Felicity's like, are you okay? She's like, it's about null. And she basically says, you know, they're like, I'm getting paid. I, you know, I, I'm taking the per diem and, you know, I'm just pocketing it and I have enough to buy a plane ticket to LA, uh, for Noel and they want me for two more weeks. So I'm considering inviting him over the holidays to spend it with me in LA. But I wonder if it's, I can't remember if she says like indulgent or extravagant.
0: Extravagant might be the word
1: yeah she's like i want to is it extravagant which i don't know why that would have anything to do with freaking him out but then she says and would it freak noel out and she wants advice should i get a pretty
0: significant gift for a college student to give to another college student
1: yeah i just feel like the word extravagant is i don't know like i think buying the ticket versus spending the holidays together in la like, I get the would it freak him out part, but if you've got money sitting around from the, from the movie, I mean, you're in a freaking movie with Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's still college students at the end of the day, right? So it might be that Ruby has a little more money on, on her hands right now. But um, I think, you know, once you start buying gifts over a hundred dollars in college, that's like, whoa, <laughs> big deal yeah um because
1: that bracelet certainly didn't cost over a it certainly job. did not
0: right i don't know how much the palm pilot cost it cost but um
1: uh, yeah so yeah. but she wants felicity's advice what would felicity do and will it freak Noel out
0: yeah and in the back of her mind Felicity's sitting here thinking well he did buy me tickets to berlin last year mm-hmm. <laughs> this is fine um <laughs> like, although she didn't go she didn't um but you know he at one point in his life was totally comfortable buying international plane tickets for his significant other so uh, but apparently
1: they've been dating for a whole year in some alternate universe
0: that's true that's very true well so at the end of the day felicity does answer this question she's like uh she's reluctant to but she's like yeah yeah i think it'll be fine with it some Ruby's like so you would do it if it were you felicity's like yeah and Ruby, but she's like but, but don't just like do what i say and ruby's like i'm gonna
1: yeah i love that line
0: yeah oh, she was it's like so are you funny. kidding that's why i came into this room um, yeah,
1: she's so excited about it. But I also think in the back of Felicity's mind is she almost, like, well, Noel almost kissed her. Yeah. And they've already kissed. So on the one hand, like, she is advising her to move forward with getting him this ticket. It probably should be refundable because, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a dick move to tell her to go buy a ticket when maybe she's taking her boyfriend away yeah
0: I mean what so what should she do differently in this situation you think
1: I uh, just say you know hey get him a ticket that's refundable just in case he freaks out <laughs> I don't know
0: yeah like, okay Fair or
1: enough. or just don't give an opinion
0: yeah yeah answer a question with a question you know yeah. be like uh what do you think he'd do for you yeah you think he'd well for- he'd give her think- a
1: palm pilot
0: yeah all right then so but you're right i think felicity is thinking about all this and she's feeling agitated so she storms into epstein bar looking for no mm-hmm. finds him sits down were you going to kiss me
1: <laughs> and what about ruby mm-hmm. our question
0: Yeah, and you can see Noel is just as flustered. He's like, look, I just, I probably, I don't know. He later confirms it, um, that he was going to kiss her if Elena hadn't walked in. But he's Um, being pretty honest here about saying like, look, I honestly don't know what to do right now. I, you know, things are just starting with Ruby. She's been gone for longer than we've been together. You and I have all this history but I wasn't joking around about the
1: motorcycle guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says he's a mess and he, he is. Felicity says, look, I wouldn't have told you had I not thought you were sending me signals. And he fully admits, he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I was sending you signals. Yeah. And she's like, wait, what? Uh, and he's, he's basically saying, and is saying, i do want to try again yeah uh i think i think i I think i want to try again i I Um, might yeah yeah and felicity is just like oh this is so bad i am a terrible person i'm her ra and Noel just looks over and says i'm her boyfriend yeah yeah you both suck
0: but i think I, I like that felicity kind of slows it down here towards the end where she says like okay wait you said you're thinking about it mm-hmm. and I'm just like well then maybe we just think about it
1: yeah just let ruby go out and buy the ticket mm-hmm. and and we'll just sit here and decide whether or not we're actually going to continue like cheating on her
0: yeah Cool. but you know here's the thing like as much as this is where it's landed for this moment with Felicity and Noel, Ruby's feeling all this. So the next time we see Ruby, she is going to confront well, so Felicity. First, so
1: it doesn't first. There's a scene where Felicity says that she has stopped having dreams. So now mm-hmm. that she's gotten it out in the open with Noel, she stopped having the dreams, and she's heading out. She wants, she's got to go to her drawing final.
0: Yeah, and that happens really quickly because we're not going to see the actual final yet um, because we are going to get this confrontation first with Ruby and Felicity where Ruby seeks out Felicity. She's freaking out and she's like, are you and Noel getting back together?
1: She says it three times without getting, well, twice without getting an answer.
0: Yeah, and... And she's putting context to it now, which I don't even really know that she should have to do that, but she is like, look, I mean, I care about Noel. Like, what's getting me through this movie shoot is the care packages, the sweet care packages that Noel sends me. But you know, I know that you two are close, but I gave, you know, tried to give him that that flight, that plane ticket, and he's he's distant.
1: He doesn't know if he can go. And she sees him when he's talking about Felicity or talking to Felicity on the phone, and she just can't compete with Felicity. And to me, this entire scene is, at least Ruby's side of it, is just the song Jolene mm-hmm. in in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felicity is clearly Jolene, and and Ruby is saying, you know, Felicity he's the only man for me like please don't take my man like you Mm -hmm. could take him if you wanted to and here at least we get a response Mm -hmm. from the would-be jolene
0: yeah she says
1: look you don't you don't have to worry about me we are just
0: friends yeah and it's the conversation we never got between felicity and hannah yeah right and this is Um, and Felicity is going to draw that parallel for herself which I think is part of what inspires her to say this where she's like you know what it's complicated but Noel and I are just friends Um, which isn't a great answer if you're Ruby let's be honest but uh,
1: well and I also don't know that it's true mm -hmm. so
0: Felicity cannot control what Noel does or how he feels from this you know like Noel has been feeling these things for a while. Felicity saying that she feels them back has made Noel bolder and willing to do more overt things, to, you know, but they've had a kiss. Like they, they Felicity to some extent can say, I'm going to put a stop to anything in the future, um, but she can't really control if Possibly. Noel feels stronger for Felicity than for Ruby.
1: Yeah, and I also don't think Felicity can necessarily control her own feelings because I feel like this is another moment where Felicity feels empathy for someone Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and says or does something impulsive Mm -hmm. that she may not be able to back up. You know? Mm -hmm. She she feels she feels Ruby's pain and she, she feels how much she is is just kind of getting by with Noel she's been there and and she she just wants to reassure her she wants to do anything she can to make it better
2: yeah
1: I don't get the sense that it is necessarily true because I don't I just don't trust Felicity at this point because she does so many impulsive things
0: yeah I will say and this is a um I'm not going to spoil you hard, but I will say, like, she does back off from huh? here because she wants to let things play out with Ruby and Noel. Um, so, what she's saying she will do, she does.
1: And um, that's good. Yeah. Um, that I just appreciate that. you a little faith
0: that. in her here. But, you know, we're going to there's still things that need to be resolved here with noel right so they're going into their drawing final and felicity and noel are in the classroom waiting for the class to start felicity uh she says you know i talked to ruby um look she's she's worried and she it all sounded a little too familiar it sounded the way i sounded last year about hannah think you should take the plane ticket.
1: Yeah, And, um, and Noel seems to have come to that conclusion on his own. You know, I, I don't feel like, like what Felicity says changed his mind.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I think he, he had already decided to do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, Felicity is Hannah, Felicity is Ben, I mean, is Felicity everybody here? Um, I mean, it's, it is nice that she's becoming more, you know, self-aware and and having empathy for people. And I am glad that that she backs up these words mm-hmm. um, that she said to, to Ruby, because, oh, Ruby is such a little, you know, doe-eyed. <laughs> yeah running through the woods
2: yeah
1: uh but i will say like in the middle of all of this um there is actually a final going on yeah which now
0: starts and professor sherman puts their just their portraits of each other up we haven't seen their their self-portraits um
1: oh i thought these were that is definitely the same one that noel has been that uh Melissa's been drawing of Noel.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I think what we're seeing here is a critique of their portraits of each other, but they yes. were also supposed to do two self-portraits. Yes. But I yes. don't think we've ever seen those. Um, mm. And there's aren't part of the critique today, but the, those two portraits are put up and Professor Sherman gives a very kind critique. Um, you know she's like look there are some some obvious problems here but i think these two people really can see each other mm-hmm. um and that's what's coming through to me mostly in these portraits
1: Yeah. so noel's thought that she was going to murder them does not come true um, well,
0: not in that moment, right? But then Felicity is going to go yeah. up to Professor Sherman right after class, and she's like, thank you, your your critique was generous. And Professor Sherman throws all the shade, and she says, <laughs> I was only critiquing the art, not the artist.
1: Oof! Yeah. Yipes. Um, well, on the one hand, oof. But on the other hand, kind of a compliment for her art.
0: Yeah. I mean, her art stands on its own two feet is what you might say here um so okay all's well that ends well with that art critique and now it's now it's time to wrap up the episode and leave for the holidays so Ruby's gonna leave a day before noel and felicity she's uh noel's putting her into a cab ruby and you see him give her the bracelet which i think is a very significant choice
1: so she gets two presents
0: She does, and she gets
1: even the more romantic one. Yeah, neither of them on Christmas, even though he's going to LA with her for two weeks.
0: Yeah, well, we need to wrap up this story somehow, right? And this is how we're doing it. (laughs) Um, So that happens. Yeah, to me, it is significant that he's now said, "All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit. I'm going to give her the more romantic gift. I'm taking the." the plane ticket we're going to do the holiday together like he's he's making as much of a commitment as he's able to make with the opportunities that are in front of him right now
1: um, and yet
0: yeah so then we're going to see look felicity and noel are both going to leave the city the next day they're going to they're going to fly out from two different airports and uh, so they're walking together in the snow Snow is falling, they hail a cab, Noel says, okay, you get this first one. They get her ready to go into the cab. And they have a long lingering look that turns into a kiss goodbye on the cheek.
1: Yeah, it definitely is like they're looking at each other and Noel is starting to lean in again. And Felicity is the one that stops it. She looks down, she breaks eye contact. And then she kind of reaches up and gives him a kiss on the cheek and you know hops in the cab. Yeah. Also, can we just notice what is up with the giant like suitcase with no wheels or anything that Noel was trying to take home with him?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. But like wheeler wheeling suitcases were a thing.
0: Not everybody like, had them.
1: I I understand, but I had duffel bags which are so much easier to carry than that thing that he had okay it was huge okay. um so she gets she hops in the cab and she shuts the door mm-hmm. and then we get this really nice shot um from the outside of you can see her inside the cab and you can just see noel's reflection kind of right next to her in the window in the yeah in the window of the cab mm-hmm and so i just i really like that um i think she has a bit of a sad face you know going on a little bit um pensive so yeah yeah
0: a little bit i uh, you know what a what a weird place for this to land um
1: yeah. but Agreed.
0: you know they've made decisions that that's what they're doing um And that's just kind of, well, that's where we leave these characters for the holiday break of the real holiday break that the show had. And we'll come back and, you know, we have, we have to open up more story, right? I mean we've closed out a bunch of the major story points that we investigated the first half of this season. And we've got some new characters to meet and some, you know, like you, like you've said, um we've kept these two camps of characters of main characters very separate and we have to start finding ways to get them on the same show again (laughs) and so you know the the second half of this season will do some of that heavy lifting for us
1: yeah well Uh, i will be interested i will be interested to see who comes into the show and I mean, I've been waiting for the the Felicity and Ben reckoning. So,
0: and there is a guest star. I guess this person. I think she was guest star. Um, my, I'm gonna maybe go out on a limb here and say my favorite non-Felicity Ben Noel character in the show is and, coming in the second half of season two.
1: Wow! Um that I, year I will, doesn't make top three.
0: No. Uh, oh. This person, and it might be weird to you. I don't know. I'm gonna. I mean, I'll, I'll just say Dr. Pavone. That's what I'm gonna say. For those of you who know exactly who I'm talking about, maybe you agree with that. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's like a more minor character than I have in my head. I just love that character, um, okay. and so I, I, I really enjoy all the stuff with her, um, and I, I like. I really like season two's back you know however many episodes it's just um i don't know i find it interesting and compelling but we'll see we'll see what it feels like to dive deep into them which i haven't done before so
1: except for episode 11
0: uh, (laughs) it's so unfortunate that that falls earlier. listen guys again you know what the thanks fish this is a good opportunity for me to once again there's still time listeners I don't know what I'm going to say about help for the love, Lorn. Episode 11, two from now. Your feedback (laughs) would be immensely helpful. Thank you. Um, I'll share more about how to send in feedback as we get towards the end of this. But uh, Fish, did you have anything you wanted to censor? Any lines from this episode you wanted to censor from episode nine?
1: i do i found two okay so this is our lovely segment called what the globe
0: what the globe did they say
1: yep and that's our lovely theme song
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, sung by melissa thank you Yep. Uh, <laughs> pretty low budget here <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. um so the Look, first? if a
0: thumb cannot be a finger,
1: <laughs>
0: a my theme song doesn't have to be like a recorded fancy <laughs> version <laughs> for what the glove. All right, guys.
1: All right, all you saying. get that. You get that one. You may no longer use the thumb is not a finger excuse for other things. <laughs> okay. um, but we will accept that answer. Also, your singing is fantastic. Thank you. All right. So, What the Glove, WTG number one, is between Felicity and Noel. And this is where she is, you know, sharing her feelings with him. And so, Felicity says, I want to grow up with you again. I don't even know how serious you and Ruby are, or even if you'd be interested in if you weren't anyone else, and Noel says, "Oh my God, I'm reeling. I'm physically reeling. I don't, I can't really feel my." Oh, yeah. So, um, what can't Noel feel, Melissa?
0: Um, his arachnid. <laughs> I don't know what just <laughs> happened. <laughs> It was the first thing that came to my mind. Arachnid. Get over yourself, his man.
1: pet spider.
0: Yeah.
1: He can't feel his <laughs> pet spider. James. James. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. James the pet spider. Yes. I love that. Uh-huh. And again, the second one is is Noel. Uh-huh. And he's here talking about uh Bruce's technique. He says about Bruce. He was telling me about this technique where before you you get close and stare deeply into the other person's eyes. Just a little, little tantric advice from Bruce there. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't really meant for art. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Bruce, I mean, it turns out creepy dream kisser, but uh, amazing advice giver in real life.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. Well, that was the what the club did they say segment as always thank you fish for your fine <laughs> work
1: yeah and now we get to go to our favorite segment
0: yeah after you listen to this tape you have to erase it this is where we hear all of our audience feedback um I've got a f- like a few buckets of things here the first is a very small bucket <laughs> I just, Look, I tried to do, like, on Instagram, I went out and I was like, let's eulogize Lucky. And almost nobody wants to say anything about it. But we did have one thing. Um, At Felicity.fans says, Lucky the dog stresses me out. Gosh, poor Lucky.
1: Well, in all fairness, I could see that. I mean, no, let, let me rephrase that. Lucky plus Felicity stresses me out yeah because felicity is not capable of taking care of lucky so that whole situation of like what are we going to do how are we going to take care of lucky agreed stressful yeah. and so. then he what he says his name is charles and starts speaking french i mean that's just confusing
0: mm-hmm. yeah so It's, it's fair world. enough yeah Oh man! Plus, there was the the hair, the fur before he got groomed by the vet somehow.
1: Um, Yeah, and and trying to make a a vet groom your dog like a lot. You got lucky with that. Yeah.
0: So we hear you, Full City Dog fans. Um, Now, okay. So there's two other sort of actual proper buckets of things. One is there is a bit of feedback from Galena from her null treatise that there's so much stuff I can't mention yet, but I I wanted to leave in a few things that feel relevant to this episode. But before we do that, um, we've had some feedback that I've been sitting on about Javier for a while. And the thing is, because we were ahead in recording our episodes before When we got this feedback initially, it was already at the point where Javier had kind of exited for the season in season one. And so we've just been waiting on it. But then even though in this episode we didn't see Javier, the conversation came back up again on Instagram. And so I, I feel like this is a good time to bring it up because it's relevant for some conversations some of us have been having, but also because we have seen more Javier in season two um, at least you know more since he moved to Spain in the back um, so here's this is a this one's a, a put your thinking hat on fish because this is a serious one so at Daphne Lee Mylin says I didn't realize that the actor who plays Javier put on the accent to play the character I admit it made me feel somewhat uncomfortable to learn this The thought, for example, of a white actor putting on an Asian accent would not be something I'd be okay with. Javier is Spanish, I think, from Spain. When first encountered, this is not clear, and the impression I got was that he was Latin American from an unspecified country. I won't pretend to know what Spanish or Latin American viewers would respond to the portrayal of Javier. I do wonder whether it borders on caricature, from the characterization to the accent to the appearance, to the mannerisms, which reference both racial and gay stereotypes. Just some food for thought. I do find him lovable, though I wonder about how others, especially Latin Americans and Spanish viewers, see him. Now this came up again in in recent days with um, some some conversation and clarification with at Insta.Mickey, who was saying, okay, so Ian Gomez is from New York. He has a Puerto Rican background, but I don't mind either way, I love his accents uh, Daphne then responded again and said, of course, seeing Gomez has Latinx roots. So that makes it totally different. Um, so this is, we're, we're kind of hovering all in the same area. I want to add a little piece of information to this. So in the ATX festival 20 year reunion show for this show, they brought together pretty much all of the main characters from the show Felicity for an interview, like a, maybe hour long interview. And, Ian Gomez was asked about where the inspiration for Javier came from. And he said, I was living in Hill's Kitchen. His mother was a social worker who was working with a variety of neighbors and people in the neighborhood. And he said one of the people that she was working with was a, and this, these are his words, a six foot four, uh, a six foot four transvestite heroin addict who had this voice and it was like really notable to him. And he based uh, he based Javier's voice off of this real life person that he had known. And so that put a little bit of context. There was no um, country of origin given to that person's accent, but that was the inspiration for this. So I wanted to throw this over to you first, Fish, because I think we'll both have slightly different angles of how we think about this. Um, But I I wanted to get your take on it, because a lot of people love Javier.
1: Yeah, and I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. And he brings a lot of levity uh, to the show, and it has been, you know, 20 years. Uh, So I don't know... If in another 20, we're going to look back and think this is offensive. But, you know, if you look back in time to something like Mickey Rourke um, playing, uh, you know, the Asian, Mickey Rooney, sorry, playing the, you know, Asian characters. And, you know, we do see that as, as highly offensive and there wasn't a lot of representation. Obviously, there's still not enough representation, uh, in, in movies and TVs. And there certainly wasn't in the nineties. Um, and so I, I do think there is, there could have been an argument to have been made. Was he not Latino, but he is. And Mm -hmm. this is a, you know, this comes to, you know, a, a couple of things. One, Actors do accents all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, if you have a white guy doing a British accent, you know, it tends like an American white guy doing a British accent, or vice versa, tends not to be so much of an issue. Um, you know, you you can have people who look white and who are white. Like I have a coworker of mine who has lived in Nicaragua for the last 25 years and Mm -hmm. raised his family there, you know, got a bit of an accent. Um, so, you know, I do think that that's part of it. Uh, but I think the conversations that we're having today for me go a little further than I'm comfortable going. For example, um, you know, I think Natalie Wood playing a, a Puerto Rican in mm-hmm. West Side Story, probably not the best casting call, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had a Latina playing, you know, that, that same part, but she wasn't Puerto Rican, I think might be splitting hairs a little too much. I mean, if you have to find the exact person you know, nationality, like there's no more acting involved, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. And the other part that I saw relatively recently was the Great British Baking Show um, had Mexican Week. And they did have some unfortunate costumes, which they always do. But they had this joke in there that, you know, they're British, so it's two white British guys talking to each other. And they said, you know, we better not make any jokes, because we might, you know, offend um, Mexican viewers. And the other one said, not not even one. And I guess this like blew up all over the place, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a funny joke, but I don't know that we can all be like super offended about everything. Yeah. So to me, this falls a bit into the category, that category. I mean, he is Latino. He's a Latino being represented on TV. I would think that the gay community would have a much bigger reaction to Javier than would the Latino community.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: that's just my personal opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, actually, like a lot of the things you said are are things that I wanted to point out as well. So I, I want to hold space for two different sides of this conversation. i I um, you know representation does matter, and it's I think there's a lot to be said for seeing people who look or sound or represent what you represent on screen. And I know that there have been a lot of communities that have pushed for more and more of that to happen in casting. And then I do think that we get to a point where I I feel like it takes so far when we start looking at um, this actor shouldn't have played this because they aren't like where colorism starts to come into play. This person isn't dark enough. This person is too light. This person uh, crazy rich Asians. I feel like there were some quandaries over that because even though they had like an all Asian cast, they didn't necessarily represent the countries. That they were meant to be representing or that people wanted to see and I think so there does come a point where it's like wow the the rigorous level that we have to cast is is uh it's really significant but on the one hand I want to hold space for this idea that people want to see representation of themselves and of what they believe the character is supposed to be on screen I, I Appreciate that, I agree with that. And then there's another part of me that holds a different uh, idea, holds space for a different idea as well. The idea of creativity and art. And I think that the moment you start limiting what people can be creative and artistic about is also a problem. And I think we should be, from an artistic standpoint, able to explore things that are outside of who we are now. In fact, you kind of have to, there's ever going to be growth. If there's ever going to be like an individual's uh, expanding of their own horizons, they have to see things that are outside of their who they are right now. And so that would mean every actor is like, it would mean every role can only be cast by the person, you know, the exact person. And then I think about some of, some of the great performances by actors, like, gosh, Every like half of Meryl Streep's career would be things that we would be taking off the table for her of like saying no you you shouldn't you shouldn't be representing people who don't sound like you like Sophie's Choice it's hard for me to imagine another actress in that role or like the 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 level of of um, ex- expertise and genius that we've seen from some people who have who have really uh, walked into another, another person's, uh, experience and tried to show us what that looked like. So I see both sides of this, right? Because I think I appreciate this idea that people want to be represented and they should be. And I also appreciate the idea that limiting people's creativity to only what they know and have experienced is the opposite of creativity. And it's the opposite of, of what I wanna think of as an artistic experience. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I'm just holding both space for both of those things at the same time and understanding that there might be a conflict there sometimes. And I understand why people bring up either side of this when they look at it. So I think about somebody like Ian Gomez playing Javier. I love the character. I love what that character brings to the show. And I'm not prepared to say whether Ian Gomez should or should not have been the person who did that um i don't think that's i i don't feel that's for me to judge and um so i am going to enjoy what that character brought to the screen and and give credit to the actor who played him
1: yeah i mean i think we're both coming down somewhere similar yeah. which is saying that there it's it's a question now between um I think um, it's what I'm looking for, not gradations, but basically, you know, how far do you go in Mm -hmm. casting?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, And there probably isn't a one size fits all answer to that. I think different people are gonna feel differently about it. And the best thing that can happen is that it opens up conversations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what this has done, so I appreciate that comment,
0: yeah, I did too, and I wanted to make sure we gave it um we did it some justice here and spoke about it because I know that Javier isn't in this episode, but because this conversation flared up again so recently, and we have seen more Javier stuff um mm-hmm. i I felt like this is this was the time to bring it up again and and maybe it as we see more and more from Javier, maybe it gives us more to consider. And as we see more from Javier, maybe more of you have thoughts about it that you want to share. Um, so, so it's kind of opened up the way for that, but I did want to bring it back to one other, uh, a few different chunks of the Null treatise, since that is relevant to this episode, um, from Galena. Uh, I'm just scrolling to find those specific ones. Okay, so there's a few different things. I was just taking little bites of this that felt relevant to this. Um, first of all, Lena says, I love the mirroring of Noel and Felicity in season one's Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, Noel and Felicity's kiss in season one's Thanksgiving uh, episode. Their season one kiss was a buildup of tension Whereas their season two kiss was nostalgically understated. So they had kisses in both Thanksgiving episodes so far. And the impact of those things was wildly different. And I think it is interesting, like Galina said, to look at like the two different ones. So she's just saying how there's mirroring that's happening there. Um, also
1: note, they weren't dating either time. Hmm.
0: In fact, Noel was pursuing somebody else um, in both situations. So
1: how could they have been dating for over a year? I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. So these two, I'll, I'll, I'll put these together. So when Felicity says she wants to date again, I think Noel realizes how much she affects him, but also how much she hurt him. And he doesn't think he can come back from that again. Hence the motorcycle analogy. I think Ruby for him is the safer, less complicated choice, and he knows it. I also think it demonstrates how much Felicity and Noel are thinkers, not actors, which is in direct contrast to Ben, who is all action. Felicity drawing the comparison to Ruby being the young, hopeful new interest is probably right, but I think it's a bit different because Felicity and Noel are still connected as friends, unlike Hannah and Noel. And lastly, she says, I love the quiet taxi drop-off between Felicity and Noel, which I feel mirrors the original series finale or season one series finale. Um oh, oh no, where Noel waits uh, for Felicity at the airport.
1: Yeah, another airport scene. I was thinking that too. A lot of
0: airport scenes that we have here. Um so I
1: mean, we don't get to see the airport this time, but not not this
0: accident. one. I kind of give a spoiler there by accident, but uh, but it doesn't really say a lot about what that actually looked like. Um, but yeah, a lot of interesting things about their dynamic, the Ruby choice being the safer choice, which I think is interesting. Um, how, you know, Felicity and all are still friends. Hannah, Hannah kind of came out of nowhere. So all of that stuff I think is stuff that is part of the dynamic they've built here.
1: Yeah, I also feel like when Noel says it's a completely different situation with you, it's because his feelings for Felicity are kind of special and continuing mm-hmm. and sort of were above and beyond what he had with Hannah. Mm-hmm. It's borderline obsession. <laughs> um, yeah, You know, it, as I said, it's like moth to a flame. Mm-hmm. They, he, he just can't stay away from her. Mm -hmm. Um, he's trying and good luck to him, but you know, uh, when he gets near her, I don't know something about those pheromones can't just can't not eat her face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is on a different level and later in this series, he's going to question how healthy it is and uh, we might wish you were doing that already, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Um, but I think he's—it's pro- probably that idea that's already kind of sitting with him now, of like I could get really, really hurt here, um, and I'm probably not going to get that hurt with Ruby. Might very well be something that he's actually thinking in this in this episode, um, and because Ruby's back. In this episode, he can sort of see it side by side too.
1: Yeah. But I don't know if he's really thinking if I'm not going to get really hurt with Ruby, maybe that means Ruby's the one who's going to get really hurt. Mm. You know, like take that extra step to say like, if I'm not the one totally invested in this, uh, probably means it's not going to work out if I'm not totally invested and therefore, she's probably gonna end up getting pretty hurt.
0: Yeah, that really doesn't seem to be a consideration for him at all here.
1: No, Ruby, Ruby in general, doesn't seem to be a consideration for Noel.
0: Uh, <sighs> yeah, and you know, gosh, if you're Ruby, How many red flags must she be seeing at this point?
1: You know, like. Well, none. She's been away in L.A. with Tom Cruise getting little packages.
0: Except for like Noel calling out Felicity's name while they're kissing, seeing them leaning in really close and talking like even even before she left.
1: Before she left.
0: Yeah, Yeah. there was still stuff that she wasn't sure about. And she's seeing enough in this episode where she comes to Felicity panicked. Saying, are you getting back together? Like, are you two getting back together? Because he's being distant, and I know you're close, and he sounds different when he talks to you. He, like, she is seeing all this stuff, and what space is this occupying in her brain?
1: (laughs) You know, it's like,
0: I mean, she has a journey to go on too. Here, this Ruby.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, she's a freshman, and all of them in college. You know, I have done the same thing. Like, I started dating a guy who I knew had a crush on a friend of mine.
2: Yeah.
1: Why did I do that? He was hot. Um, Yeah. I really liked him. And I had the conversation with my friend, and I was like, are you at all interested before I started dating him? And she was like, no. No. And I had the conversation again with her later when it was getting more serious. I was like, You sure you're not at all interested? And she kept saying no. Um, like she came with us to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. Oh boy. Right, right. Red flag, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd think. Yeah. But um, yeah. So needless to say, that relationship didn't work out, but yeah. um, I think we have to to leave room for the uh the impulsivity and the different um priorities. And sometimes of, you need to see this students.
0: play out once before you're really ready to spot huh? those. Like she may be seeing red flags and deciding to ignore them and sometimes We need that to happen in our lives. And we need that to play out once badly. And then we're like, oh yeah. The good news (laughs) is I did see those red flags. The bad news is I didn't pay attention to them. But next time, maybe I should. Yeah, Maybe I I should consider what that might look like in the future. And that it could play out the same way. Um, So maybe that's what's happening for Ruby here, you know. It seems like she is observing that there's a pretty close connection between Felicity and Noel and she's overlooking it Mm -hmm. and willing to move past it and maybe thinking that they can and, you know, we'll see how that goes for her. But right now it feels to me like the relationship between Ruby and Noel is in no way under Ruby's control.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not to say
0: she should have full control over it. Nobody should have full control over the relationship. But she is like, she does not have agency, (laughs) you know, like in her relationship in the way that Felicity and Noel have had like strategic conversations about what Felicity, what Noel and Ruby should be doing. And it's just like, wow.
1: Well, I, she does go to Felicity. Mm-hmm. and say basically like back off mm-hmm. And she doesn't say it in a in that kind of way but through her explanations
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the way that she's questioning her it's you know as i said it it just really reminds me of of jolene and and that is like the exact perfect song for me to, to be like playing in my head. And so I think she does take some agency there. She takes Mm -hmm. agency in buying a plane ticket and inviting him to come to LA with her, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of get him. He's away from Felicity. They're off on a vacation together. They're spending the holidays together out in LA, you know? So I think she, she is trying and and you're, you're only going to have control over yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to have control over other people. It's just yeah. not, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she's, I don't know. I still feel like, she, she, you know, she's going along. She's still interested in the relationship for, for whatever reason. And, you know, been there. I can't judge her. Mm-hmm. I have done the same thing. Like, yeah. I got. I understand. I understand, Ruby. Yeah, I do. That's
0: fair. Well, shall we rate this episode?
1: Sure. Let's do that. Okay. You go first.
0: I will. So my unit of measurement for this one is bum, 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 thrown <laughs> highlighters.
1: Oh goodness!
0: Yeah, you
1: like wow. that? I like it. I like it okay. a
0: lot. Um. Okay. How many thrown highlighters? I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Just a flat 7 out of 10. I uh it's a it's a capable episode. It's solid. I liked it, but didn't love it. Um I think that it look, it's wrapping up the first half of the season and it's I guess helping us start on a new pace for the second half of the season when we get there. So it's important. Um, but I don't know. And on, on the one hand, like it's, it's dealing with a really important thing, a really important main core relationship. And yet I also feel like it's done in sort of a glossed over way. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, I know that we're heading into, like Felicity is going to let things play out with Ruby and all the way, however they're going to play out. And so this is like a, like a one episode, sort of like a, okay, this is the conversations. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it is a little bit, um, it's there, but it's not, you're not going to see, a ton of story builds out of this one. And so I don't know, it feels a little bit like it's on an island, this episode for me.
1: Yeah. I think I felt pretty similar to you. Um, Didn't get me really excited. Um, And I don't know, I, I guess some of the conversations were needed. I sort of wonder if we could just, get rid of this one and, and kind of, you know, put some tension around Felicity and Noel and let them have a conversation either in the episode before or a couple episodes after. And if it would be just fine. Um, so I don't know that it, it's completely necessary, but I'll have to see the next two episodes, I guess, to really figure that out. Um, so, you know, it's going to get a middling rating from me for that it does get a little bump for just scott speedman because hmm. you know hilarious <laughs> so i'm going to yeah. give it a 5.5 okay
0: all right then 5.5 it is making note of it on my official tracker which is so <laughs> official um i love it well we would love to hear from you listeners what were your thoughts about okay so first everything you think so far in the show your feedback your questions your things you want me to read on your behalf and help for the lovelorn (laughs) um your felicity fan art You can send any of that to us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us and so many other wonderful people talking about Felicity at Felicity Podcast on Instagram. And then if you ever feel like, hey, it would be cool if I could just know when you're dropping new podcast episodes. Well, we send out a newsletter when we do, and you can sign up for that. You want to be informed. If you go to the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast, you look for the written stuff and then you look for the link for our MailChimp newsletter, you can sign up and find out about it. Also, and this is the second time in a row, Fish, if you feel like helping other Felicity fans find this podcast, go ahead, rate or review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. People will thank you. Yes. whoever discovers it because of you, they may they may very well have you to thank.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. And what are we doing next time? Well, next time, Fish, we've got great expectations.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Well, um, I have to admit, I'm not a huge Dickens fan. Mm-hmm. So uh, trying to remember, that was the one about... Uh, I mean, I know it was a love story, and then there was, was there like an old woman in a house in a wedding dress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, like I'm kind of remembering this. Um that
0: might get you a little bit off track.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's <laughs> just the words, um, great expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's see. We come back. Um, it's been two weeks, so Ruby's probably back. You said um that Felicity backs off. So, I mean, my great expectation is that they start to bring the two groups together again.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I am going to go with, they, I don't have anything. Um, okay, okay. They start to bring the two groups together, but I don't have like a, a an expectation, like a reason why they would bring them together.
0: Okay. Well, we're just going to see how that play, plays out for you. Um, but that's that's what Fish's great expectations are for the Great Expectations episode. Yeah. That's how it works. Well, anything else you wanted to say about portraits today, Fish?
1: Nope. I think we have covered
0: it. Okay. We did it. Well, until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone.
1: I'm the fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.